Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to everybody who has skipped seeing The Matrix Resurrection. Rush, rush, rush. With Sean oh, Connery. <laughs> Remember when Connery was supposed to be in The Matrix? Did you, did you like The Matrix? I love The Matrix. Was I special. don't understand computers. What is this bullshit? Who is the one? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Morpheus Galore. <laughs> <laughs> I must be dreaming. <laughs> Uh, I think he got the point. No, no, he didn't. He watched The Matrix. (laughs) But yes, I think The Matrix Resurrections is out in some parts of the world right now by the time you're hearing this. So thank you for listening to us talk about the most popular Matrix movie to ever be animated, The Animatrix. (laughs) Let's call this the end of our... Matrix Reloaded. There's a lot of rubberness in that. So, I mean... Well, true. Yeah, but (laughs) let's be honest. Even this is probably better than the rubberness of The Matrix Reloaded. Uh, but the Animatrix, that famous collection of short films that were used to promote The Matrix Reloaded that we probably could have covered before Reloaded, but most of these stories don't really tie into it in, in any important fashion anyways. Uh, I have never seen this. Uh, I don't really know Ben's opinions. He doesn't really know mine. Uh, this won't take us long. It's an animated thing of The Matrix. Uh, my name is Colin and fly, baby, fly. And my name is Ben, and both my fridge and bank account are empty. Uh, and story. onto the Matrix now. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just saying shit. That wasn't a quote in the thing. I just felt like sharing today. Uh, but yeah, the Animatrix. Uh, we we kind of went through a little bit of history with this already before Reloaded, because this was the the project. All the parallels to the Star Wars prequels. These movies at the same time doing the same thing. Uh, Star Wars prequels, I think, at the exact same time that the animation was coming out, had the Clone Wars animated shorts that were similar to this. They were just sort of these five, six minute long standalone shorts that were used to promote Revenge of the Sith, I guess, uh, or in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Animatrix used these nine animated shorts that were released online and some in theaters in order to promote Matrix Reloaded and fill in the gaps. Uh, I have never seen this before. Uh, I had seen the Final Flight of the Osiris because that one was released theatrically. Uh, and the other ones, I think I was familiar with, you know, kind of reading up. Oh, yeah, they had one on the, the history of the machines. They had one on the kid. And then they have all the others. Uh, and that pretty much sums up this movie. There's the Final Flight of the Osiris. There's the backstory of the machines. And there's the kid. And then there's the others. Uh, I don't know. What I'm going to do with this at the end, I think that there is some decent stuff in here. I don't think there's anything that's essential viewing, but there is a lot of bad stuff. And I'm just going to say bad stuff because I'm also not an anime fan. Uh, uh, Jamie is huge into anime. She has gotten our kids into anime, some of the more kid-friendly stuff. 
Uh, not the sex stuff, which I guess is half of anime out there. Yeah. That, oh, so you know the name of Ben's familiar. He's gonna of course I do. Of course I know what hentai is. I watch hentai. <laughs> don't watch anime. Who watches anime? But like to me, the weird thing about anime is that even uh, Jamie showing me some of the anime series that are kids viewing in Japan here would be like, you're not allowed to show that on TV. <laughs> like, this mm. isn't a, this isn't appropriate. Uh, but it's it's just I don't know. To me, anime is it's oh beautiful animation. You always hear the same two defenses. Oh, the animation is so beautiful and unique, and oh, it's so imaginative. And I'm like, okay, but I don't care about the story. You know, I'm not interested in this and. Some of this animatrix represents everything I hate about anime. So I'm sure anime fans are going to be like, oh, what an uninformed idiot he is. But I'm just saying that up front. I'm not an anime fan. But a couple of sequences here, I like the ideas behind it. I just don't necessarily know if any of this was necessary to make a movie out of. You just, you don't, this is me taking a, a go at you. This is legitimately asking you. You don't generally like animated things anyway. Like you don't like animated movies really, do you? And things I'm, like that or? Like I'm indifferent. I mean, it depends on the animated movie. I, I'm kind of indifferent on them. The weird thing is they just don't hold my attention. There's something about animation that makes me drowsy. Uh, every <laughs> time we have seen an animated movie in theaters, I drift off. Uh, I think the exception to that would be you know, uh, I, I think the, uh, the the Robert Zemeckis was like the Polar Express, you know, the ones where you have a storyteller who's actually telling a story and they have action in there and everything. Uh, Beowulf, you know, uh, those ones I'm okay with, but I, I can't count how many animated movies that whether we're watching it at home or watching in theaters, I just fall asleep during it. Uh, and I don't mind the stories. I mean, I don't mind some animated TV shows because it's short, but they don't hold my attention the same way that something live action does. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm kind of with you, like, I mean, animated TV shows, Simpsons, obviously, you know, I love South Park, Family Guy, you know, standard shows, um, and, like, growing up, kids' cartoons, of course, and I still love a lot of my cartoons that I loved as a kid. I watch them, you know, randomly, and I, I like them, but movies, yeah, like, I'm big on Pixar, um, mm-hmm. even though I feel like I haven't caught up a lot on Pixar recently. I think I had Toy Story and The Lion King, and I had the South Park movie in my top 50 is my only animated movies off the top of my head, um, like... I don't mind some Disney movies. Like, I'm not opposed to anime animated films, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to rush out of my way unless it's something incredible that I'm into. Um, and, like, yeah, with this, um, I'm just on anime itself, I, I, I'm, I kind of just, I, I'm nothing anime. It's, it's, I respect it as an art form. I, I think it looks cool, like kind of what you're saying. Oh, people think, look, I wouldn't say, it's, oh, it's beautiful. Like, I just... I admire what they do with it and I admire the fandom of it because it, it's got a huge following, of course, and I like that it can get people who get into anime will then get into Japanese culture and just, like, I, I respect that. I think that's a cool little thing that some piece of art can get somebody completely involved and obsessed with another country or another sort of uh, culture. Um, so... Yeah, and I've only, like, I watched Pokemon. That's probably the most animating I've ever watched. Um, hentai doesn't count, Ben. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, literally Pokemon would be, my sister was into it. So, like, I would see, I think she, like, was it Neon Neon and Jealousis, Nevon and Jealousis, whatever that was called. I remember um, Louise's brother used to like Bleach or something like that. I think you always yeah. had to buy him Bleach stuff for christmas so like, i was familiar with these certain things but it was it never caught my fancy anyway the animatrix though uh as i sort of mentioned um you know ben waterworth obsessed matrix 2003 i got this like 
my first pay, my only pay of that job I had. And I think, you know, I, I got, went home. I was so excited to watch it. And I always just remember going, yeah, okay. Wasn't what I was expecting. There were a couple that I really liked, but the rest I was bored and I kind of zoned out on and I just, eh, yeah, okay. Haven't watched it. I think since that one night I watched it as a 16 year old, <laughs> I had literally the same reaction watching this again. I'm like, yeah, wow. They're cool. Oh, I like that. Well, this is okay. Oh, okay. What's happening on my phone? Oh, oh, it's still going. Okay. Oh, what's going on? I don't get this. Sure. And I'm done. Like, I just didn't. I think I said to you, I feel like maybe the last two or three, I just, I don't know what happened because I don't think I paid attention. There was some woman chasing a cat, I think. Um, so, um, but like my, actually the, my memory, I will say is that I thought all the good ones were at the end. I thought all the boring ones were at the beginning, mm. but it's the other way around. Like to me, the best ones are like right at the beginning. Although I like the detective one. I thought that was kind of cool. So um, there's maybe, what, four or five of these are good. Uh, there's, like, two that are like, eh, and then there are, like, two which you're, I have no fucking clue what was happening. The last one, I think you needed to be on some sort of substance to know what was going on there. I read <laughs> yeah. the synopsis on Wikipedia and I still didn't get it. Um, so, yeah, like, I'd be intrigued to see what I do with this at the end as well because unlike the sequels where I was both like, okay, I think these hold up better than they do and, like, you know, my memories of these kind of – still the same whereas this it's kind of the same but uh i i'm interested to kind of go over this critically because famous last words on the oz network this won't take long but i mean how the fuck are we going to recap like the ninth short film on this like i don't even yeah. know what to talk about <laughs> i'm still trying to make sense out of my notes from it um, I, I, this is the shortest notes i've ever written in my life i've written like four lines <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, well, I you the, know the I peaked. King was worse. I wrote, you know I peaked. Eight point nine nine Britney Spears, Yuki, <laughs> and both my fridge and bank account are empty. That's all I've written. <laughs> we both have the same Britney Spears line in there. I yes. like that. <laughs> slow for Britney um, though. That was a slow day for Britney Spears. <laughs> but um, the 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 order of these is kind of weird because uh, I feel like that's where they screw this up. And what's interesting is that I, I just read here that. In Australia, at least the uh, the original release was done slightly differently, where the first one that is seen everywhere else in the world, the Final Flight of the Osiris, which is the one most people saw that was released theatrically, uh, that is saved as the last one in Australia on the original release, uh, whereas everywhere else in the world, it's the first one. But that is really the problem with it, is that they, they had four stories i'm not even gonna say four stories the first three stories are relevant you those are the things that it, you don't need to see them to understand the matrix it doesn't help you understand the matrix better it's just mm. good companion pieces yeah uh, the fourth one it ties into the movies but as we talked about the kids character last week that never pays off so who cares uh and then it's all the bonus ones where it's like oh here's an interesting idea but it really is not essential viewing why are those last like i think that you could have changed these up I would go as far as to say that even the two Renaissance ones, uh, why not split those up on the release here too? Do one, and then you come back to the second part as the final one. You have something to stay tuned for. I don't know if you're going to do just two parts back to back. Just make it one longer short film. So the the ordering of this definitely hurts because I was definitely a lot more tuned in in the first half, and then it's the same as yeah. you. My, my notes, I'm like, okay, I saw something there. I'm going to want to ask Ben about that later. Let me make a note. Why is the kid floating two feet off the ground? Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to match up on all our opinions here too, because I think in the second half, the only one I noted were like, oh, that was kind of cool was the detective one. The others are just ugh, kind of garbage. Yeah. And like, I agree with everything you said there. And I think that, um, yeah, exactly the same as you. I was 
pretty much engaged with the first like few and I'm like, okay, like maybe I like this better than I think I do. Uh, but then yeah, it kind of, you just completely zone out and I'm like, okay, I'm 16 mm-hmm. again in my bedroom on my brand new TV and you know, <laughs> watching hentai, that, watching hentai, uh, <laughs> on my, my $50 DVD player, which I think it was just my PlayStation two back then was my DVD player. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, this isn't garbage, but it's 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 clearly something I can see why I have not watched since I was sixteen, <laughs> and <laughs> probably something I probably won't watch again anytime soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, uh, the I guess backstory of this is really just what I said earlier that they use this to promote the movie. Uh, I thought that all of these were released online, other than the Osiris one, but. What's even weirder is that they released the first four stories online before Reloaded came out. And the other four, you had to wait until the DVD was released, which I don't remember if the DVD was the DVD released. I guess you said you bought it. So it was released the, the same time as uh, like when that, Reloaded was, came out. I want to say it was like a month afterwards or like two, because like Reloaded was still in cinemas because like it's mm-hmm. when I worked at the cinema and I got my first pay. So I got it like that day. So I I worked there like June. So this is like a month after it come out. Um. So it was it was around. It was yeah. It was there there and thereabouts basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that was released theatrically, uh, the last flight of the Osiris or final flight of the Osiris. That one was uh released with a movie called Dreamcatcher, a Stephen King movie. Uh, that uh, I forgot that movie existed, and then as soon as I read that, I had flashes of the most chilling horror scene ever involving human digestion. Uh, so <laughs> if we ever want to cover human digestion month, I we feel like I need to know there. more, <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's weird is that I, I, I know that it was released with that originally, but I didn't see the final flight of the Osiris until I never saw Dreamcatcher in theaters. Uh, but I, I remember it was maybe a month or two after reloaded was out or possibly even longer than that. They just added this when we have those, second run cinemas that um, I, I mentioned, I think in a recent episode uh, where it's been out of the regular theaters and you can go for a buck 25 and see it, you know, in the cheap, cheap theater where the screen is, you know, I, I don't know, like uh, 20 feet long and that's pretty much it. Uh, they just tagged it to some random movie there. So I was able to see that. So uh, was that sort of interrupt? Like, so that was literally shown like, before the movie, like instead yeah. of trailers, basically. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So okay. when Dreamcatcher was released in theaters, they tagged this on the beginning. So you watch the trailers and then they cut to, you know, The Matrix, the final flight of the Osiris, which that's the only storyline that, if you want to call it essential viewing, <laughs> uh, that actually it ties into Reloaded. And, uh, the Wachowskis have credits on the first four shorts here. Uh, that's the only one they actually wrote, which <laughs> the will be the good ones. ones. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm going to say, I mean, the, the, they, they, did the stories for the first four shorts, but they wrote the dialogue for the final flight of the Osiris and their dialogue is all over this. Cause I think half my notes is just making fun of that's a Wachowski line. And I didn't even know that they wrote it at this point, but it's all, uh, is all just, their um, references to underwear. Cause I feel like in the majority of these, it's just like yes. spot who's in their underwear all of a sudden, <laughs> like it's the underwear matrix. <laughs> yeah. We have never covered anything where I think our notes are matching up as closely as this because I had panties <laughs> And uh, underwear written like four or five times by notes. We I'm not just complaining do a count on how many there I, are. I know it's animated, but still, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a nice body there for an animated yeah, body. Exactly. Uh, but that, that's literally how the first one starts off. Uh, the final fight of the Osiris. We get blind sword fighting, uh, which goes <laughs> on for I think half of the 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 short. Uh, and of course, even before the swords come out, 
the one girl wow. here, it, her, she's wearing lingerie or a bathrobe or a tiny bathrobe or something, and she's in her panties. But they have to make an equal opportunity because they're the Wachowskis, uh, and they have her cut off the guy's kimono or whatever he's wearing, so he's shirtless for the rest of it. We have a sword fighting in their underwear, which is just kind of weird. Uh, it's animation. It's still Wachowskis. Uh, and the Sentinels kind of interrupt them before they do their, their blindfolded kiss, which they're about to do, uh, which they have to pick up later on. Uh, and here is the worst Wachowski's dialogue. The only part I actually wrote down is when the Sentinels appear and they're now out of their program, out of their training program, uh, it's, it's not the thing where they're just asking a question so they could finish the sentence, but it is a lot of finishing each other's sentences. This is how it goes. I believe she says they read like sentinels. And the guy says, but there's thousands of them. And she reads, they're directly above us. And he goes, is that possible? <laughs> like that could be one person's line of dialogue, but they have this need to, everybody finishes each other's sentences. I, I'm, I'm just, the more I watch The Matrix, the more I hate Wachowski's writing. Uh, all that really happens in this one is uh, they try to outrun the Sentinels. We have a couple of the gunner stations, which we're going to see more of those in Resurrections. Uh, we get some bad lines. Come get some. Fly, baby, fly. <laughs> uh, and they have to get to broadcast depth so that they can send a message to Zion. Now, this is what's weird. They're already below. The, we, we talked about this broadcast depth in the other ones. Broadcast depth is basically you have to get to a certain height in order to broadcast into the matrix because the machines control that. When you're below that, you should be within communication range of Zion. We know that because they said communications are down when Niobe's flying the ship back, but they could still track where it was. Now, why do they have to send the message into the matrix to warn about the drill coming to Zion? Shouldn't they be saying, hey, Zion, you yeah. can hear us right now. They're coming for you. But instead, let's go up and tell somebody inside the Matrix what to if get no word in the to Matrix? Zion. What if everyone's having a, just a good family time in Zion, you know, making some crafts and cakes for Neo? Like, I mean, you know, what yeah. if the Matrix is empty that day. They're brewing their eggnog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Neo, they, they should just been a line like that. We know, we know you love eggnog. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, but it's the 12 o'clock rave is going on. Nobody's going to yeah. hear us in Zion. Well, get to broadcast but there's a good point. What if that's the rave scene? What if like they like they put it? She puts it in the letterbox. Why isn't anyone answering? And they cut to like they're all having I mean, their that, orgy. That's why they didn't notice the drilling because all those yeah. vibrations. Like man, this bass is fantastic. It's like what's going up? Extra bass now. Tapping the bows. There we go. We solved my plot hole here. Uh, so the, the panties girl's got to go into the matrix. She's got clothes in the matrix though. Uh, Aww. and all we really get her is kind of running and there's some cool moments. I like where she's like, I don't know if she's on clotheslines, but when she's up in the air and she's doing the handstand with that's a Trinity pose, I got to stop and pose in the middle of doing something important. Uh, and she bumps into an old lady getting to the mailbox. So it's more efficient as well to send snail mail <laughs> to Zion to tell them we're about to die inside the matrix. Then it is to phone somebody inside the Matrix to say, they're drilling for Zion. Uh, I like this old lady. Oh, oh, be, by all means, cut in front of me. I hope it's an important. I hope it gets to its destination. Uh, <laughs> you never know these days. <laughs> uh, she, this is the message that when, I guess the second scene in Reloaded, when we first meet Niobe and Ballard and all the other captains meeting with Morpheus, and he's saying, 
they've called us back to Zion. So again, they can communicate with Zion. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why they have to come to the Matrix. Uh, oh, but we got this transmission from the Osiris. They're digging. Uh, that's all that ties into the movie. So, I mean, it, I guess it's cool to see where that came from. This is kind of also, a, yeah, Rogue One would be a good example. Oh, we want to see how they got the plans for the Death Star. But even in the the, uh, the Star Wars media, uh, also talking about the Clone Wars, one thing they decided to do with both Episode 2 and Episode 3 is they decided to take the backstory, the mission uh, that is alluded to in a scene and write a book that took place. So they released a book before Attack of the Clones came out uh, when they um, they say, I think Palpatine says, uh, oh yeah, what about Obi-Wan Kenobi to protect you? And Mace Windu says, that's possible. They just came back from a board dispute on Anteon. They wrote a book to say, what was that board dispute? Non-essential in any way. And it was the same thing when uh, they, they talked about in Revenge of the Sith. That time we fell into the nest of Gundarks. Like they wrote a book that came up before Revenge of the Sith. It is the prologue to Revenge of the Sith. And it's like, it's not really. That's kind of what this is. It's like, well, it's yes, 20... it's the prologue, but it doesn't really matter. I was going to just quickly say, sorry to interrupt, the 24, the Senate committee hearings or whatever. Yeah, you exactly. Want to buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I like that this one is not anime. Uh, again, I'm not against anime, but... It's one of the few segments where the animation looks different. Uh, it's all CGI. I think because we, if I had seen this before, you know, I saw Reloaded or Resurrections, I might've been more interested, but it's just sort of an extended action sequence that you're going to get in both of those movies. So seeing it afterwards, that doesn't have the same impact, but I can imagine people kind of freaking out at this in 2003, a couple of weeks before Reloaded comes out. It's um, I mean, I like the Rogue One, Rogue One comparison. I mean, the difference is Rogue One is they made a full movie about it, but um, like, you know, I've, I've we've talked a lot about in this show about you know franchises where the sequel trilogy in Star Wars is very guilty of it of like let's create this media. You need to buy this book. You need to buy this, fully understand. Like, it's all well and good to do something like this where you kind of don't really need to know how they find out they're being attacked by Zion, but uh, Zion's been attacked, but it's, it's a cool little thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I would argue that, you know, again, Rogue One, it's the, you know, the most expensive way to fix a plot hole in Star Wars history. But I mean, like if Rogue One doesn't exist, I think we're still fine with it. Like, I mean, I'm still waiting for Rogue Two with the many Bothams died getting the plans. Like I want to find out how they got the plans for the second one, but we're never going to get <laughs> yeah. that, are we? Um, but so like, but I mean, it exists, it exists. So this is kind of just that companion piece where it's like, yeah, cool. Is this, um, was 2003 the same year that that Final Fantasy movie came out, that animated Final Fantasy no, film? that was 2001. Because I remember uh, oh. the, the first trailer for the, the World Trade Center trailer for Spider-Man was released with Final Fantasy. Right. Because the anime style of this reminds me of that. Yeah. Um, and I remember how much of a big deal that was when that came out and how everyone was talking that up a bit groundbreaking. I, I like that. I think it's entertaining. Like, I mean, it's it, it does. I just think it kind of adds a cool little moment so you know how uh yeah it, they get that and I, I like yes i like the opening for obvious reasons and not just for the women's underwear we've got you know <laughs> sexy buff black dude here with his tank of a chest like this guy's built he's got a nice rig on him um and it's just like but like in all seriousness you you joke about the whole equal opportunity thing can we just again point out that how ahead of the time the wachowskis are that like pretty much every cast member in this even the animatrix is diverse mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, why is this never talked about as being like today? It's all about like, oh, you've got to have 50% this, that, and everything else. Everything's got to be the same. Like, well, the Wachowskis were doing this in 2003. Like everyone is just like, it's the United Colors of Benetton. It's great. 
Um, and even then, like, equal opportunity, like, oh, we're going to see a bit of ass on the woman. We're going to see a bit of booze. But no, wait, here's the chest. And it's equal. And that's the problem yeah. nowadays. It's not equal because what does every Marvel movie have? Oh, got to be shirtless. Here they are. So, yeah, um, yeah men, by the way, the men are shirtless. Um <laughs> So like I but I kind of like this. I kind of you talk about like sword fights. It reminds me of like karate sex and a view to a kill. But this is actually not weird. It's kind of sexy. Um, you kind of like I've seen hentai like this. So um, you know, going that way. But yeah, this and it's visually there are definitely some moments where I think it it looks real. Like like there are points with the the hovercraft where you kind of like, oh this is real. This is not uh, animation, but um, it looks really good. And uh, special note, Ben being a perv, I really like the pilot of this ship. I'm sad she dies. I don't remember the pilot. I'm gonna to have to go back and look. She's 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 better looking than uh, the panties that, woman. That's a sexy cartoon. That's a, oof, it is. Hey, I was in love with a cartoon as a kid. I had well two cartoons. I loved um, <laughs> Jesse from Team Rocket in Pokemon, and I had a weird crush on Nala from The Lion King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in love with an animated lion. I was seven. <laughs> I, I don't think that I have ever been attracted to a cartoon character. Um, well, no, no, Jamie. I, 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 I lie, but it's, it's not like the physical thing. There's um in, in the show Avatar, the last airbender, there's a character. The one character is over 18. So there you go. I'm not like Ben. Well, uh, the sister the- of the main villain uh, is my favorite character on that show because she's just so nasty and so obnoxious. Uh, so, yes, I'll say I, I I would go there with Azula on Gwen, uh, Gw- Avatar, the Gw- last airbender. Gwen Stacy from Into the Spider-Verse is pretty attractive. Yeah, you know, a fair point. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if come on. that were um, real. I think um, so. I, I'm pretty sure uh, she's not pilot. She's crew woman because the pilot, apparently, according to the voice cast, is a man, uh, Rick Gomez. But um, <laughs> like, oh, I love that man. Oh, he's hot too. But uh, so the voice by Tara Strong, a Canadian, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, from Toronto, but dual Canadian American citizen. So there you go. Yeah, I, when I was watching the end credits, you see her name appear in almost every single short too, which there's a lot of the same voice cast that's used for all of these, which is interesting. Except for Keanu uh, Reeves, who could only be bothered showing up for one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, carry on. I think we talked about that. The, like Keanu Reeves even does a voice in uh, the Animatrix, which his character never even appears. It's just his voice. Well, like, carry on. Like should have gotten star billing. Well, I mean, but even in the kid's story, I think that Carrie Ann Moss is, uh, her voice is in there. And then yeah. we get her in the detective story as well. So, I mean, she's a bigger star in this than Keanu is. Yeah, no, she is. But, um, I mean, does anyone get star billing in this, though? <laughs> uh, the monkey <laughs> from the last one, maybe? <laughs> sure, that that works. There was a monkey in the last one. I much I paid attention. There was a monkey in the last one. Oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's the only thing I can kind of make sense out of. Uh, all right, so the next two we'll just group together. This oh, the second best Renaissance part one and two. Yeah, easily. Uh, and again, not essential viewing. This does not change the matrix. It just sort of gives you some extra things to think about. Although it does create, I guess, some questions. Like, I think that this is, uh, it's kind of like a visual encyclopedia that this is running through. Uh, mm-hmm. And is this supposed to be the machine's version or the human's version? Because I think this is supposed to be the machines telling their history. Uh... Because it can't be the humans. Because the humans basically, yeah, we don't but, really know what happened. But they, they don't, don't they say at the beginning this is the Zion archives? Oh, okay. So if they do, that that poses more questions for me because they say things like, "Oh, we don't really know when this happened." Like Morpheus in the first movie saying, "Yeah, we're just guessing 
so how do they have this history? Because I was looking at this as being a little bit more interesting, thinking this is the machine's version, the machines telling their own history. And I'm like, okay, is this their propaganda? Are they it, maybe it was different from this, but it being a human thing, that again, it, it like we were mentioning on revolutions, it, it doesn't make you cheer for the humans. So no, is this a, an interest? Is this an interesting comp- companion piece? Yes. But does it work with the Wachowskis movie? No, because they present the humans like they're in the right, but then they tell you in the story they're not. I'm pretty so sure it I says wish- a Zion archives. I, like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain when you've got this weird, like, Buddha woman, um, that I'm pretty sure she says, like, welcome to the Zion archives. You yeah, because chosen- I guess why Why would yeah. the machines have had that? Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, one thing I noticed is that when it's showing the history, they, they said something about, uh, you know, it's been going on for hundred years or 200 years or whatever, which I think the original matrix movie is supposed to be implying that this machine revolution happened in like the early two thousands. Mm. Uh, but like, it, it looks so futuristic to me. This looks like 2199. Uh, but I, I like the dog, the little machine. We're basically seeing a bunch of machines as servants, as pets, whatever. It's the sixth day. It's Simpal Cindy's and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> but this dog biting the leg. And I just, they're talking about how the machines started rebelling or whatever. I'm thinking like, did this entire war start because a human wouldn't play fetch with a robo dog or they wouldn't let it mount its leg? Like, you know, they have like some type of peace conference, like let us mount one leg a year (laughs) and we will call off this war. Uh, But I I really do like the, the little extra things they throw in there about how this revolution started. Uh, Like the one machine, which they're basically telling the story of iRobot here. Mm. Uh, You know, a machine charged with murder, the B166RR, I think that that, they mentioned. They they ramble off the longest name ever, like B166RRR, and like a name that we will never forget. Like, (laughs) well, but you did forget it because Morpheus has no clue in the first movie. Or is Morpheus just the kid who didn't pay attention in history class? Yeah. Meanwhile, he's telling Neil, we really don't know what happened. And then he goes back to Zion, like, yeah, we know exactly B166R. Morpheus, ass. Morpheus. Morpheus got a D minus. This is why he doesn't know. <laughs> Don't listen to that crazy. Um, but uh, th- this, I guess, conflict of a machine killed. We have to kill this machine. Uh, we see a bunch of humans getting angry at robots by gang raping a robot, which is a little bit weird. Yeah. Ripping off her clothes. Ro- robot boobs in this, uh, this one. Yeah. Th- th- those are some sexy robot boobs. Yeah. Uh, and we get the name of the Machine City, which I thought this was cool. The, the Machine City, which I'm assuming that this Machine City where they they get their own. Okay, we're, you you guys aren't going to die, but you're now stuck on an island somewhere or whatever. And you get your city and you don't leave and we won't bother you. Uh, this is, I guess, supposed to be the same Machine City that Neil goes to in Revolutions. Uh, but the name of it, Zero One, which I thought was interesting because... A, it's playing on the whole, oh, the name of their city is binary code. But then the hmm. second part being zero one Zion, just the, kind of the play on words of the, the two human and machine cities was interesting. Uh, the, the first part kind of cuts off when they're talking about, oh, there were a bunch of political things. There were these, you know, peace trees or whatever. There were blockades. So it's basically the political conflict. And then part two starts and there's an invasion. This is when the machines are fighting back. Uh, and the it's humans the on. Yeah, this is the prequels. Yeah, it's the this blockade, is, uh, and then there's an invasion. Wars, you know what that yeah. must mean? Invasion. And I literally <laughs> thought about that when they had the invasion. Like, uh, a course of action like this can at least only one thing: invasion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now, if we weren't already giving off our theories about how the humans were kind of in the wrong, 
Yeah. What? Why do the Wachowskis try to present a trilogy later on where it's one-sided, where the humans are in the right, where I think they could have made a more interesting idea in the sequels by incorporating... This is their idea. They wrote the story for these second renaissance in the Animatrix, but then in their movies, don't reference it at all. You could have made Reload and Revolution so much better by having that ending, especially when the ending of Revolutions is about... No, it's not going to be about the humans destroying the machines or the machines destroying the humans or the Matrix being shut down. It's going to be, let's have peace. Let's find a way to coexist. But that's such an afterthought in the movie, but it shouldn't have been an afterthought because this right here where the humans present, they even call it their final solution, okay? Now, when the Wachowskis are writing that the humans are implementing their final solution, you have made them the Hitler of your own stories. They're nuking the sky. Like, yeah, they're I, nuking the sky. They have a final. So they are committing genocide against the Jewish robots here who they have gang raped. But then their movies don't address that. And I, I can't help but think how much I would have loved reloading revolutions if they had made this not a one sided thing where it's like the truth is that there was a final solution. This comes out through the Animatrix and then you reference it in reloaded, maybe with the architect scene. And now there's this conflict of, hey, maybe we shouldn't destroy them. Maybe they shouldn't destroy us. Uh, so I love this actually more uh, this second Renaissance. I'm not saying that we should have gotten this as a backstory, but I love the ideas that they have here better than the ideas in reload and revolutions. All we really get is we get a bunch of battle scenes. We get a weird robot silhouette of a horse. Hmm. So the horses Sexy are all horse. over this too. I know you are going to love the horses. We got more Sexy to come. Animated horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a hentai horse right there. Um, and then one other thing I thought was a, an interesting idea they threw in here is when they first show the humans being used as batteries. Mm. They're just simply picking up the wounded. Uh, and, and that also changes your opinion to the machines because we're supposed to believe, well, the machines enslaved humans and they turned them into batteries. No, what they did was they picked up the way that in a war you would take the wounded and you'd put them in these, these work camps, these prisoner war camps. Prisoner war camps were essentially, we're going to take all of your wounded, all the ones that are left behind enemy lines, and we are going to force them to do our work for us. So they just said, humans, we're not going to kill you. We're going to turn you into a battery. Uh, <laughs> is it, 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 that's how the battery started is that they were actually, as I lose my headphones here. Um, He's turning into they, a battery. He's the machine they're taking over. Plugging <laughs> me in. Uh, but it, it actually makes me more sympathetic towards the machines to think it wasn't some evil plan where they want to kill humans. Like we're going to save some humans lives, but we have to preserve ourselves. And this is essentially them turning into the batteries is like if the humans suddenly had no food source, if if our human race, everything on the planet is wiped out except for dog. Dog is the only other thing left. There's is no plant dog? life. It is, it, is, it is impossible to grow plants anymore. There are no other animals to live off of but dog. We are going to breed dogs and we are going to live off dogs. Humans became the machine's tasty wheat or whatever that <laughs> snot they were eating was. So this completely changes the way I view the machines in the sequel. So I almost want to rewatch Reloaded and Revolutions and look at it from the machine's point of view now, because we sort of came up with those ideas watching the, um, I think you even mentioned some of this stuff uh, when we did Reloaded and Revolutions, but it changes it now that you see that like the machine's intent were just simply self-preservation because the humans nuked the sky, cut off their food source, and they took the wounded and saved their lives, but use them for their own survival. I think I mentioned that, yeah, and that the, the basically it's kind of the human's fault that we're in this section. Mm-hmm. And 
Colin and I will admit this right now. We're only saying this, um, you know, because we don't want we want to be on the the machine side when they take over in a few years. So yeah. <laughs> we're not used as batteries. We will join the resistance as the machine army. So uh, we we uh, welcome our new machine overlords uh, with open arms. <laughs> um, but I mean, like you think about the Terminator, like you never sympathise with the the Terminators, do you? Well, I guess Arnie, you sort of do. But like, I mean, it's kind of you never get a sense that the the Skynet takes over because they're just surviving. They're just pricks. They're Skynet, right? Yeah. Whereas this, it's like, yeah, it, you're right. Like, it does kind of sell it differently. I mean, th- this is the best bit, learning this. But, yeah, you're not meant to sympathize with the machines because <laughs> basically it all starts because one of them murders a human and doesn't get a free try, a fair trial because they're just property. Um, yeah. Which, you know, like... There's a debate there, sure. Uh, it's like in Jurassic Park. Like, are they, you know, are they dinosaurs or are they genetically modified monsters, according to Alan Grant? Like, mm-hmm. you know, are they, kind they're of, intellectual property or are they living creatures? And Fallen Kingdom talks about that, doesn't it? About how it's like, you know, well, are these really, should we be saving these, you know, or are they are they legitimate things? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating. And I, I kind of like the animation style of this as well. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. I know it's more... Directed towards the anime style, but it still just kind of looks cool, I think. Um, and it's just this was the one that I remember watching, going, "Wow, okay, I really like that," um, because it's just a cool little way of explaining it. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm team machine here, like I really am. <laughs> like, but like even just this, like in what universe do human beings think destroying the sky is the right way to go? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, permanently, human. like. Like, oh, it's going to stop the machines. We need the sun as well. Like, yeah. I mean, we're not freaking bats or <laughs> vampires, are we? Like, I mean, we need that thing above us as well. Uh, so I'm just like, what dumb fuck comes up with this idea? Or I mean, maybe this is the point, though, Colin. Maybe the Wachowski's like, this is our commentary on human beings destroying the earth. And, like, maybe it is. Uh, you know, maybe this is what they're trying to say. But then why do you fuck that up in your movies? Uh <laughs> insert what your names are now Wachowskis um so yeah I mean it's still it's the best part of this whole animatrix I will say that uh but it's yeah go machines hashtag team machines uh you know I'm gonna say right now if anybody watches the matrix and is team human you're anti-semitic that's you as simple are as it is. The final you're solution. You're for the final solution. <laughs> you, you probably like General Hux and the First Order. Well, do this. Now we get the kids' story. So this is the last of the Wachowski's contributions here. Uh, and I have to say, I think my expectations were a lot higher on this one. Um, really, all it is... I'll, I'll tell you what I thought this was going to be. I knew that there was this story about how Neil got the kid out of the matrix. We have the scenes in reloaded where uh, he says, you know, Oh, I, I didn't get you out. I just, I can't remember what Neil's line is. is that I find it interesting to kind of look at this one, but because the kid character never amounts to anything other than he reloads a gun and he shoots a wall and he <laughs> lies about his age. I, I, you know, it doesn't really matter, but I do wonder now watching this, uh, because all we really get, this is basically Neo's scene from The Matrix. He's on his computer. There's the wake, wake or whatever, knock, knock, uh, except it's Neo instead of Trinity or whoever who's talking to him on the computer. Uh, the whole thing about the dream world and everything. We get him falling uh, in his dream and then waking up in bed. Um, we ha- have his phone going off in class. This is literally just remaking The Matrix. And 
I think I thought that this was going to be more a story, a more original story, more than just we are replaying this. But this kind of goes to that idea of that a lot of people had the theory that the kid was supposed to be the next version of Neo that was born here, uh, which is probably why they went the route of let's just redo how Neo got out of the Matrix. But I think you could have had a, a more interesting way to do this, knowing that this kid doesn't amount to being the next Neo, unless Kate Clayton Watson's in Resurrections, we know, or Resurrections. Well, can I just actually, it's, it's funny you say that. I've literally opened up Clayton Watson's IMDP page, and I've literally seen here the Matrix Resurrections kid. Um, but it says un- but it says uncredited. So, but I think they're oh. like they're saying that Hugo Weaving's in it, and it just says archive footage. So, I mean, I'm seeing here according to IMDb that he is in the Matrix Revolution uh, Resurrections. I don't know if that's true or not, though. Oh. Well, I mean, it's interesting that they they have this thing on the end. First of all, I also want to say. There's very ugly animation. Of all the animation yeah. in this movie, this one does not look good. Um, I, I like when he he runs into the girls' washroom. They're like, ah, ah yeah. boy, a boy, a boy. <laughs> uh, but he just climbs up. This is literally just the same scene that Neo had in the original, uh, except Neo is Morpheus and Kid is Neo. Uh, and then we get that the horrible line from Revolutions, Neo, I believe, as he jumps off the building. Uh, and this is where there's an interesting idea here that they probably did intend to go somewhere with the kid. Maybe they had in the back of their head, we want to eventually do a Matrix 4, but we know Keanu won't do it, so let's have this kid as a backup because he doesn't get unplugged uh, or take a red pill or a blue pill. He just simply makes this jump, this leap of faith, and he awakens himself. That idea I kind of like if this character had gone somewhere because they're trying to set up in this story. This kid is something special. He may be able to load guns one day or shoot a door. Like, is this the big miracle of the kid that he can get out of his own? They, they use the phrase here, self-substantiation. Uh, and I also love, though, that Neo says here to him, uh, about, or I think the kid says to himself, it wasn't a dream because he's implying that when he was falling in his dream earlier, that wasn't a dream. Like, but that actually was a dream because you weren't in the waking up from the matrix in your dream earlier. So it's just kind of stupid. That it wasn't a dream. Yeah, it was, it was a dream that call it a premonition or whatever, but I don't know. I, I, I thought that um, I thought this one would be a little bit more original than it is. Also they end on that weird thing where he's already gone and somebody types on his computer. You are not alone. Like, is that the kid now typing to himself or is Neo, you know, not in the loop and he, he's still typing. You are not alone. Are you there, kid? Kid, kid, how come you're not responding to me? Where are you, kid? Where are you, kid? And you're like, Neil, right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, actually, reading here. Um, and I, I think I had read this. I think I saw this ages ago because, like, I don't think we talked a little bit about it in the sequels that the, the kid was kind of just heavily hyped, you know, because I remember mm-hmm. the hype around Clayton Watson being in this. And the Wachowskis, and I, yeah, I, I vaguely remember this, always said that if a fourth movie came about, it would be around the kid. Uh, it would be the kid and Niobe. Um, so, and the, there's all these articles now that I'm seeing popping up where it's basically saying like, oh, luckily they ditched that idea where we're following the kid um, and Niobe. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm actually weirdly excited to think that he might be in... Um, We'll. I mean, he said he would come back on Clayton. That uh, you know, talk about the Matrix because he said he loves talking about the Matrix. So um, I'm sure we could easily get him back on to talk about it. But yeah, I'm kind of with you in the fact that I I think the re this was maybe the one in the rewatch where I was kind of like, okay, that was better than I remembered 
because I think I remember watching this going, okay, that was underwhelming because I think this was the one that I was probably most excited for when I got the DVD. But like, yeah, I kind of actually liked this a little bit more, but it's still underwhelming. It doesn't really sell that much. And yeah, the animation is just, it's weird. And I get it. It's it's almost like this um, take on me, aha style from the, you know, the film clip. Uh, if you remember how they kind of had that weird comic oh, yeah. book animation, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, and like, it's just, I don't know the premise could have been better. I mean, this is one where you've got Keanu Reeves and Carrie, well, one of the ones you've got Carrie Ann Moss in and you obviously got Clayton Watson here as a kid. Um, so you've got kind of your actual movie stars in this, um, but it just doesn't really add anything to it. And, yeah, I, I I think it's just it's distracting to me this animation. I just don't like this animation. It just it just doesn't work for me. So sorry if you're you're an anime fan and you're like, oh, this is Uchigawa's steam technique <laughs> of something. Um, Uchigawa's pristine I, I, I don't know what was that judo term Uchimata like uh, <laughs> the the Uchimata's esteemed technique of animation. Sorry if I'm being offensive, um, but. I mean, it's interesting, but it's not because, again, like clearly the kid is touted as this big thing and, I, yeah, it would have been interesting to see if they had gone that route to kind of sell it as that way. But, yeah, I think the kid in, in general is pretty underwhelming in all the Matrix things and hyped as this big thing and ultimately you get crappy animation like this with some good parts here and there. And we like Clayton Watson, so at least I do. Yeah, I, I actually would be really interested to hear from him uh- more about what were you in the know on? Like, were you brought, cause obviously he, he filmed the movies. He knew, okay, I don't really do much here, but it, it for him to have this type of involvement, like he must've either been aware. Yes. They have plans for me in the future or yes, they have hyped my character up, but people are getting the wrong idea about it. You know, I'd love to know one way or the other, what he knew. Like, did you think that you were supposed to be the next one? Were you signed on for a fourth movie? There was one, or were you kind of, you know, also damaged by everybody getting these false expectations? He, um, yeah, I mean, that would be interesting ones. I mean, I think I've mentioned this to you before. Like if you ever watch Always Green and just get excited because he's Grant Bowler's son in Always oh. Greener. Uh, even though Grant I Bowler- want to be Grant Bowler's son. Well, you wouldn't in Always Greener because Grant Bowler abuses his son, uh, so he's oh. a bit of a prick. But um, but it's Grant Bowler, so he he does die by eating a bee. Uh, he bites into an apple and accidentally swallows a bee. Uh, so, um, <laughs> well, I remember when I interviewed Grant Bowler and I talked to him about his uh, numerous death scenes, and he said that yeah, that's maybe the most unique scene I've ever died in when I got uh, when I bit a bee, and basically that's how I got killed off in Always Greener. Um, which but like it's. I mean, even Grant Bowler evil is just endearing. Uh, like, just, what a man! Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, I would highly recommend you watching Always Greener. To me, it is uh, you're the best Australian drama that has ever existed. That's a controversial opinion. Many people would not agree with me on that, but I, I love it. I think it's a great... It's, it's, it mixes a good blend of comedy with drama, and it's a great show. And it's got Clayton Watson in it, so there you go. Uh, so, the next one, now we're starting to get into the... We the can ones skip through these ones pretty quickly, story. can't we? <laughs> yeah, because I still don't know what's going on in these. Uh, this Me one, I, I like the program. I like the idea behind it more than uh, yeah. the execution. The execution also leaves a lot of questions where <laughs> the perspective of the character, you're like, ah, this guy's not so bad. Uh, we get more sexy horses here. Samurai <laughs> lady in a program, sparring program in the Matrix. Uh, her and the guy are basically uh, talking. The, the entire idea behind this is I guess Cypher's dilemma. 
Uh, one guy saying, you know, oh, I'm more at peace when I'm in the virtual world than I am here. Uh, and we already talked about this. Like, we kind of agree with some of these people. Like, are they not allowed to have a choice? I don't know if that, that's the point of this one or if the point, because basically what happened is they have a fight sequence. Uh, she ends up killing the guy and that ends up being the program. That was a test and you passed. But like, are the Wachowskis or whoever came up with this idea, are they trying to say that, you know, oh, if a person says they want to go back in the matrix, then you should kill them because they're wrong. Or are they saying that a person, the human's idea of this is taking away human's free will. Like I have no idea what the intention is here because I'm siding with this other guy. Yeah. Cause he's basically it's he's cypher. He's saying, yeah, yes, I took the pill, but this place sucks. Like my clothes all have holes in them. It's cold. I never see the sunshine. All I can eat is tasty wheat. Like <laughs> I want to go back and, and enjoy my life. And you kind of would agree whether a person, you know, every person would make that choice or not. You, you can't, knock the one guy who says i don't like it here please put me back in the matrix it's not harming anybody for him to be in the matrix if he's making that choice which is sort of the end of revolutions where they say oh are you going to let everybody out of the matrix say we'll let out the ones who want to come out that's all there is to it some people want to be in the matrix that's just the basic idea behind this um there's a weird ending on this too though where after she gets out of the program uh, and realizes this with Tess, she punches her captain (laughs) <laughs> and th- there's like this weird thumbs up thing that's like it's like the <laughs> 70s sitcom where, where it's like ah it's Scott Morrison after we get the Brisbane Olympics yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's a very odd ending and I don't understand I understand what the story here is telling but I don't understand what their point was there was a point saying that she's right was a point saying that the other guy's right I have no clue yeah uh, this is one of the ones that I definitely zoned out of um it's it's it, when you kind of do analyze it like that way. I mean, humans just are more of a dick because, like, again, what what's wrong with being in the Matrix? I I think I said it during the movies. I would want to be in the Matrix. I don't want to be in the real world. Like, yeah. If if I'm in the Matrix right now, again, sounds like my life's pretty shitty right now. Boohoo, Ben. But like, I I think it would be even worse if I'm living on a fucking spaceship, <laughs> eating tasty wheat ball with holes in me, raving away. Um, you know, we get to hang out with Keanu Reeves. That's not a bad thing, but um. Is it worth it? Jamie would say yes, but that's Jamie. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I, I kind of, I like them exploring this sort of manner of, yeah, like the, as you said, the cipher aspect of, because it is something where it's like, well, surely these people are just like, yeah, I want to go back. Like, we're going to go back, Kate. We've got to go back. Um, but outside of that, I don't really have much to add. We get more panties again, which is nice. Um, this is what, three now that we've had? No, two. Yeah, we got two. We got two more to come. Yeah, exactly. I, I, my favorite yet to come. Um, but um, just the style of the animation. This one's very anime. Um, kind of looks cool. Uh, it's better than the kid, but mm-hmm. um, the horse is done. And, th- and this is the one too with um, Bender in it, Joe DiMaggio. So oh um, yeah, John yeah, DiMaggio, not Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> the base name is baseball player. <laughs> Alongside Babe Ruth. Did you get the Babe Ruth? <laughs> Voiceover in this one, pretty, pretty. Weird. Andy Rodriguez was in it too. Um, yeah, the, Clayton Watson wasn't available, so Mickey Mantle did the voice of the kid. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, just, uh, yeah, so, so amazing they could get these guys at such short notice. Didn't know they were such big <laughs> Matrix fans. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this is one of the like the forgettable ones to me. 
here is the most garbage segment. Uh, well, maybe oh, time. I kind of weirdly. Like, oh. Okay, hang on, hang on. It is garbage, but it's entertaining garbage because I just like this Britney Spears aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, as an Olympics fan, I was immediately like, oh, there's an Olympic stuff in the Matrix. Uh, I thought that was cool. World record. Um, so basically, we start off by the, the narration talking about how only the most exceptional people will be chosen to leave the Matrix. To and we get introduced Spears. to... Well, <laughs> even more free so Britney, that. literally. We, free her from the Matrix. Now we've gotten the bottom of free Britney is. There it is. <laughs> Britney's out of the, that's yay. Britney's into well, the real world. She's crazy. Zion. Oops, I yeah. did it again. <laughs> and we know that her nipples are going to be visible and panties. Oh, oh actually, can I just say a uh, random thing? I was in a store the other day when I was sending you and Noah pictures of Cluedo, James Bond. Yeah. Uh, and in the Funko Pop section, they had the, uh, oops, I did it again, red leather suit Britney. And I was going to buy it, but it was I saw that. fucking dollars. And I'm like, Ugh. I showed it to Jamie too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be worth it. Did you know that this, here's something even more exciting. Okay. You can't get that excited about Britney Spears, uh, you know, Funko Pop. All three members of TLC have Funko Pop figures. <laughs> Here we go. I put TLC. that on my Christmas list to Jamie. I put it on my Christmas list. I put TLC Funko Pops. T-Boz, Chili, Left Eye. <laughs> I've got a big question for you. Would you rather a TLC Funko Pop or a Go-Go's Funko Pop? Oh, that's a tough one. Because uh, <laughs> I discovered, I don't know what I was on recently. I think I might have been stalking your Twitter or something at one point. But you, you do your rankings and you like ranked every single Go-Go song. Yes. I didn't realize you were such you a fan. I, I, here's, here, I'll, I'll tell my Go-Go story here, okay? I had no knowledge, 12 months ago, I had no knowledge of the Go-Go's at all. Uh, and I watched, they had the documentary that came out last year. Uh, and I watched the documentary of the Go-Go's, which was just, oh, okay, a curiosity late at night. I'm like, ah, whatever. Some Go-Go's documentary. I barely know anything about them. And I watched them like, this is the crazy, they got to make a movie. I'm like, these <laughs> girls were nuts, like completely insane. Uh, and I started listening to some Go-Go's just out of curiosity. I'm like, Man, th these girls are incredible. Like, this is one of the greatest bands of all time. I mean, they're a short-lived band, but I became obsessed with the Go-Go's this entire year. I'm going to tell everybody right now, whether you, whether you like the Go-Go's music or not, go watch the Go-Go's documentary. That is one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. I can't wait until this Madonna biopic comes out and you're turned around. <laughs> I can't fucking wait uh, for that to happen. But I, it's funny you mentioned that because obviously we've rewatched the Spider-Man movies and uh, so I got a bit like obsessed with like the post credit songs, um, as I do. And so when it came to uh, Homecoming, oh, yeah, oh, yeah we, we, Homecoming, I was listening to um, Blitzkerd Bop or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I, I've been listening to all oh, Vacation, oh, no, no, what, <laughs> and then uh, now with uh, No Way Home, listening to Della Soul, what the magic number three, <laughs> yeah. magic number. <laughs> Uh, just stuck in my head. But then the Venom ones have been like Eminem, like both of his songs. Jesus. Diverse taste in all the Spider-Mans. You've got Chad Kroger in one. <laughs> You've got Alicia Keys in one. You've got Eminem in another. The Go-Go's. Uh, Della Soul. Uh, <laughs> the Ramones. Like, well done, Spider-Man franchise. was a good diverse music. When we were on our way to No Way Home, I Post put Malone? together a playlist. Sorry. <laughs> well, I put together a playlist of all the best songs from all the Spider-Man movies, and we listened to that on the way to and on the way home from uh, the, No Way Home. The, the best one ever, and uh, I when, when I listened to our Spider-Man episodes, is the fact that that time I was in an airport in New York uh, and I was walking through, I'm like, 
what is this song? Like, I know this song. And it clicked. It was from the infamous emo jazz sequence when Peter's dancing oh. in the street. <laughs> the, Get on up. And he's, like, doing the little dancing. I'm like, it's the Spider-Man 3 dance song. <laughs> it's actually a good song. I, I say this again on air. I fucking love that scene in Spider-Man oh. 3. Shut up. Um... Uh, what were we talking about? Britney Spears, but, Funko Pops, Free oh, Britney. Yeah. Oh, the Olympics, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Go-Go's. Uh, yeah, the Go-Go's. Segways, people. Segways. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, basically when they talk about the most exceptional people can be freed from the Matrix, and we get introduced to the most exceptional athlete to ever appear in the Matrix movie and in real life, Justin Gatlin, the star of World Record here. Uh, because we're telling the story of the fastest man alive who is consistently banned for doping. We have <laughs> Justin Gatlin in the Matrix. This is so exciting. Uh, he breaks the world record 8.99 seconds. And of course, my notes is he's making Britney Spears time soon. Uh, he's banned for doping. He gets trained again. He dopes again. He gets faster and faster. And I guess the idea of this is that he eventually runs so fast that he breaks the matrix code or something because he momentarily while running at the olympics he phases into his flubber tube <laughs> and then and we get like those weird slow motion face like the cheap flop and then he comes back in the real world and he breaks his leg or something and he's stuck in a wheelchair and the agents are like behind him he will never walk again i'm like what is going on with this this is just bizarre like, are we are we saying that you can run fast enough that you can outrun the Matrix? Like, I don't get this one at all. It's so bizarre. Uh, and we have him basically end as William Wallace, freedom. <laughs> uh, this was just terrible. Like, if this were, if this, the entire animation was like this, it would be an instant bin for me. I hated World Record. I think the thing I appreciate about it is it's a bit different. It ties into stuff that we like, you know, and it's kind of cool to think the concept of, like a sane bolt would be running into the, you know, out of the matrix, <laughs> the <real> basically, <laughs> you know, um, Ryan Lochte. Uh, oh man. It was like, I was in another world. You're a man in the morning and then a man in the matrix. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know if I hate it. Like I, my least favorite is still to come, but um, I, I, I just, I like, I think I just like the concept of this. It's just a bit skew if and a bit weird kind of how they do it. And that's, I think the problem with a lot of these, films these short films is that the concept there on paper is good it's just they don't stick the landing like they can mm-hmm. kind of take your attention for a moment but then it just gets and maybe this just comes from you and i not being massive anime fans maybe this is like an anime thing where like jamie's watching this going oh the concept of the way they do this with the uchimata <laughs> and blah 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 like it's just maybe that's where it comes from and maybe we're just not appreciating the art form here and if we are seriously apologies just don't get it Sure, if like I made you sit down and watch Survivor, and you've never watched Survivor before, then you oh, I don't get it. They vote people out. Well, you know, Jeff Probst has a mullet now, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but um, no, no, hold on, you got it. You when you say that, you got to turn to the camera, point, and go. Jeff Probst has a mullet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tweet me. I still haven't watched it, so I can't. I can't. All hey, I know I'm is gonna say on- this: much better season than you would think. Most of the twists never even play out. It's actually a pretty solid season. I will say this, that um, Jeff Probst may be meta now when it comes to that, but uh, at least they're not, um, I guess, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, derogatory Australian survivor Twitter this week who are just like, 
oh, in the lead up to Christmas, let's show you sexy pictures of JLP. It's like every single day they're posting like shirtless pictures of our host going, oh, how sexy is he? Like, yeah, that's okay to do because why? Like, I mean, are you going to post these bikini clad pictures of the hot female contestants? I mean, that's okay. But yeah, we can do that in 2020. So are these like Jonathan LaPaglia still host? Yeah, he, I mean he's hot man. Like let's be honest, I I, oh, I like I seeing him shirtless. Gonna he's gonna got say, a good would you body. Jonathan, Jonathan or Anthony? Who's your Ooh, pick? Well, I mean, based on their current form, uh, definitely <laughs> JLP. Um, I'd probably choose JLP. Seriously, I've um I've met him. I've I've met him in person. I got a photo with him. I interviewed him years before I was ever Australian Survivor host. Did you touch so, his chest? I probably did. Um, <laughs> that man's arms would make any man gay. Uh, so. But, I mean, nothing against Anthony. I'm sure he's got nice arms too, but he doesn't need to show them off like his <laughs> sexy younger brother. I'm assuming JLP's younger. I thought, yeah, what, what a family. <laughs> the weirdest thing about Anthony LaPaglia is that he uh, he recently did a Canadian TV show, which it's weird to have an Australian so actor weird. starring. Well, it's just that you expect him he's going to, I'm going to do TV. I mean, if he's not doing an American TV show, you think he'd go do an Australian. Why does he suddenly say, I'm going to move to Canada and make a Canadian TV show? Yeah, what Australians would move to Canada? What weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, bloody, bloody yeah. weird. What, what's the show? What's it about? Uh, I think it was like a, a crime drama or like a mob oh, drama or something typical. like that. I never I never watched. I think I saw The two roles I think I've only ever seen Anthony Parlier in. Crime dramas or like mob yeah. dramas, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the slightly Italian sounding guy to be in a mob drama. <laughs> Not typecasting at all. No stereotypes. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I, I don't mind this. It's it's fine. But it's, it's yeah, it's also a bit weird. But, um, I mean, good on Britney Spears for being slow that day. <laughs> 8.99 so there you go which i love the fact that they're all like oh maybe he was on drugs like i will prove you like hey you he's, he's, he's a second past the world record it's, yeah exactly if someone runs 8.99 they're on fucking drugs like it's yeah. that simple or britney spears <laughs> i mean that simple when uh what was it 1988 seoul olympics when like uh, a whole bunch of guys went under uh 9.8 or something like that like they're all on drugs and of course they were so yeah. it's true, which is why nobody really uh, is talked about from 88 anymore. But uh, yes, Justin Gatlin, he can escape the matrix. Um, all right. So he, talk about weird drug convictions. No, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but they'll still let him compete. No matter how many times he dopes, he's still competing. Because what, uh, <laughs> what a man. What a man. So beyond talk about weird. Here we get some more panties. Uh, <laughs> I like these ones. We, we have uh, a cat loose. So I think this entire episode here is just deja vu happening or something. Oh, uh, it's basically I, I've lost my pussy galore. Um, she's showing it off at the same time. It's also like, the, the, of course, this is Japanese. So it, maybe this is just a genre of music there. But I love that the bubble bobble theme. It's been like, dun, 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 video game music playing in this. Uh, this one, the most... I'm going to say this is weird because when I was looking at this in terms of the story, what story they were trying to tell, I'm like, well, this is the most pointless segment yet, but it's kind of at least fun. It's not, it's the only one that's not really dark because the whole idea is she's looking for a cat and she comes across this place. There's Oh, the cat's at the haunted house. And you see all these kids who are jumping off the roof of this haunted house and they're floating above the ground. And really all this segment is about is that there is a glitch in the matrix that is causing people to be able to use powers or something like that. If I got that right. Mm. Uh, and uh, a bunch of hazmat guys come in in the end 
And I love the, the girl when she's running away from the hazmat because these hazmat guys are basically agents coming in saying, oh, there's something wrong with the Matrix. People are able to use powers. we got to fix We've got to get them out of there and fix this. I love that she's like, no, 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 there's no bugs in there. It's just some kids. <laughs> she's assuming these are exterminators. There's no bugs. There's no cockroaches. Uh, once they get everybody out, they fix the computer glitch. Uh, glitch has been fixed and everything's restored. Uh, but then they have this really weird ending where she's just sitting there like, and her finger bleeds and hits the ground. Like, what is that about? I don't understand the bleeding finger at the end. But I like just, I'd say the simplicity and uh, the more fun tone, the not so dark tone to, hey, people play, people who don't realize they're in the Matrix being able to play around because they accidentally discover that this is a computer program. But it's complete non-essential viewing. You're really scratching your head while you're watching for 10 minutes a cat being chased in a haunted house. I'm fine just because I like the opening bit when she's walking around in her panties. I'm fine with that. Um, it's my favourite panty scene, I think, of the whole uh, the Animatrix, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of like it when she's out looking for... I mean, this would be me. Like, I, oh, poor cat. Like, if, when I was living in Canada with Stiggy, if Stiggy got out, I'd be this. I'm like, where's Stiggy? Like, I, I wouldn't stop till I find him. But I also love the, the fact that the neighbourhood love this cat as well. They're basically just going like, oh, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him today. That's weird. Where's your cat? Where's your cat? Like, everyone loves this cat. I want a, I want a storyline more on this cat. I want this cat in the Matrix. I want the cat, the catatrix. The anacat, the, ad, the, the, ad, the, the Matrix catarections. Uh, <laughs> catarections. Cal catar- well, that sounded wrong. <laughs> That's why she's in her panties the whole time. She's looking to get, get a little catarection going. C- catarection. Um, that's a disturbing image now that I think about it. Um, uh, the 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 cat re cataloged cat. Like, just, it, it, you can't do it. You can't do it. I can't think about it. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, it's again, it's kind of a cool concept. Like, I like this idea of there being like this area where you can go and just like kids are floating and and stuff, and it's just kind of yeah. Is the blood thing meant to be related to that kid bleeding before? Because there's that one of those kids hovering on the ground where he's got like his blood dripping. Because he's hovering, like, is this a thing that, like, you bleed if there's a glitch in the Matrix or something, or no? I don't know. I didn't notice that. Or I, I wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah, well, one, there's one of the bits when she's looking at these kids, like, falling and they're landing on the ground. One of the kids' noses is bleeding. Um, So, yeah, fuck. Because he's knows. got there's, cancer. There's a... <laughs> Pachu, you're going to allow to hit him if he's a spoon kid. Um, <laughs> fuck that kid. I'm glad he doesn't appear in this. But, um, I mean, hot girl in panties chasing a cat. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's better than what we've got to come, well, except for the next one. Uh, the last one's still yet to come. You know, I had a flashback while watching this. To uh, <laughs> You would think that this would be a pleasant situation, but it was actually quite awkward. Uh, so I was, uh, I, I was working. I was doing a job for a while as a carpet cleaner, and uh, we were doing a job in this high-rise. I may have even told you this earlier. This high-rise apartment building. And we show up and there's basically a girl answering the door. She's got one of those. She basically is like the the one in the opening sword fighting scene. She's got one of those bathrobes that doesn't cover anything. And she's in her panties and she answers the door. And there's a guy leaving who hands her a wad of money. (laughs) So the guy I'm working with is immediately like, I think I know what's going on here. Uh, And you have to kind of spray, use the sprayer to spray the carpet before you clean it. And the, the wand that we had had a leak out the side. So it would like shoot sideways. And she basically sat on the couch, 
Now I'm, I'm saying I said panties, but there were no panties. That's the thing of the story. So okay, she's got I'm one of those think. bathrobes on, and I'll try to demonstrate it. She's she's sitting on her couch with her leg up like this, <laughs> completely flashing her hoo has and yoo-hoos or whatever. Colin finally <laughs> saw a woman naked for the first time. I mean, I was young at the time. It probably was the first time I saw it. Um, young, but- like 32, 33. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this was about a two months ago, I think. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but you really did the, see some carpet that day. <laughs> but I'm like spraying and I know there's this leak out the side and she's not getting up to move. And I'm spraying like right in front of her couch. And I'm thinking two things at the, fir- at the same time. Like first, don't look, don't look, don't look. And then I'm like, Oh, 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 this thing spray. It will literally spray her right up her hoo-ha. <laughs> if I, so I'm spraying and I'm basically like, like my eyes squinted, turning away. And I've got one hand covering. I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Colin, I have seen many a movie start that way, but not movies you're watching. So, um, wow. Okay. That, um, did your like other colleague like play it differently? Um, I'll clean in there, Colin. That's all right. You can do the I other room. <laughs> You go take a break. Uh, this this wasn't quite as racy as that, but the the other fun star I had when I was working that job was uh, uh, I, I had some guy try to marry off his daughter to me. So oh. uh, I was it, it Noah? Was, no, I mean it, Noah should have been working with me. He would have accepted. <laughs> Finally, yes. But uh, the it, it was like this Indian family and. Um, we do the entire job and we're trying to collect payment afterwards. They're like, Oh yeah, we'll take care of that. And like, well, okay. okay. We, we just have to go. We have other jobs here. No, no, come sit down, come sit down. And we come into his living room. We sit down and I'm like writing up the bill. The other guy's like talking. Okay. So we charge for this. And this guy has got his wife sitting there and he's got his daughter sitting there and he's just sitting like smiling. <laughs> and we're like, okay, so uh, let's just finish this up here. We're going through some details. And he goes, Oh, okay. Uh, do you guys want something to drink? Something to eat? I'm like, no, no, we're good. Thanks. It's like, oh, so, uh, you know, you, you're still in school. You, uh, you working full time? Like, uh, you know, working, you know, open to go back to school, whatever. It's like, oh, okay. How much money did you pull out of here with this job? And, uh, varies. I mean, depending on how well somebody tips. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, this is my wife and that's my daughter. <laughs> and then the was just over there. Hi. <laughs> like, Right, okay, so you're totally this. We got to go. <laughs> Probably I'm like, sure. oh, Canadian man car- cleans carpets. He's got it made. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, like, the guy's asking all these personal questions. Find out, this is my daughter. <laughs> like, all right. Um, I remember <laughs> sort of the racy side of things. The best one I ever, like, um, I remember going to uh, the famous, world famous Bondi Beach with a friend for the very first time and, you're there in a cool Bondi beach and you're sweet and you, you know, you're looking around great. These two like very attractive girls, like our age, like, I don't know, I was like 17 at the time, 18 at the time. They would have been about the same age. Sit right in front of them. My friend's gay, so he's not appreciating this. So I'm just like, <laughs> this is pretty cool. Pretty nicer in bikinis. It's a great day to be alive. All of a sudden they both stand up. They both remove their tops. And <laughs> both like turn around and start bathing with their boobs out. And I'm just like, Yep, um, I might need to go for a swim. <laughs> it's like, what is this place? It's have girls walking in front of me looking like that. They just take their tops off and I'm just like, we're coming to Bondi a lot more when we come to Sydney. <laughs> Topless bathing allowed, I'm in. Um, I'm there. So, 
Yeah, I've, I've got one one more. This is uh, it's getting less and less racy with the story. <laughs> this was uh, another job I was working probably around the same time I was doing uh, tech support. Uh, I was actually doing training for tech support. So when new hires were there, you basically just had to stand around waiting for them to have a question and help them. And every time a training class came in, there'd be, I don't know, two or three of us that would be there. And uh, we discovered, we, we pinpointed something. And this isn't making a judgment about entire ethnicity or race. Oh, just, rice I'm is saying, calling. Here we go. I, well, it, it would be a good thing. You're, when you hear the story, you're going to be like, wow, that's, that's credit to them. Good for Filipinos. But uh, we discovered that uh, the population of Filipinos in Winnipeg is enormous. <laughs> they might be the majority, but um, younger Filipino girls, very timid, very shy. Uh, when they reach a certain age, they get bold and it doesn't matter if they're married. Okay. So there were three of us who were um, watching this one training class and there were three older Filipino ladies in it. And I swear they each picked one of us to sexually harass. Basically um, I got the one who was very bold who was sitting there wearing a you know mini skirt, crossing her legs, and as I'm trying to give her advice, she's wearing something panties. Like that, she <laughs> she might have. I was trying not to look. <laughs> I, I hadn't I hadn't I, I hadn't gotten to that other job yet, so I wasn't sure what was it. Colin's very 1910s. <laughs> like, oh, I can see the ankles. Better not look. <laughs> yeah, that mini skirt was basically halfway up her shin. Uh, but, <laughs> that was poor yeah, for you. <laughs> she was flat out making jokes about asking me out, and she was married. <laughs> so that was the one. Open now, marriage. The the next one was. It doesn't uh, stop some Filipino Canadian women. <laughs> Sorry, didn't want to go there. Uh, anyways, she did. <laughs> but uh, the the other one, uh, the, the other guy I was working with that picked him basically. She was one of the more shy ones. Uh, I guess second on the the shy level. <laughs> I had the least shy. He had the second least shy. Uh, she would constantly every time he come up put her hand on him and stroke his arm when asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm engaged. Okay. The third one who was the most shy had the most embarrassing moment because the, the, the other guy we were training, we were doing a training class. And in the middle of the class, uh, she kept whispering to the other girl with her and they were writing notes. And <laughs> basically the, the shyest one had written a note to one of the less shy girls and the less shy girl raised her hand. We're talking about women in their thirties. Okay. We're guys in our twenties. These are women in their thirties, maybe forties. The less shy girl raises her hand and you see the shy one go, Oh no, no, no. And she actually passes the note to the other guy who's training with me. And he just looks at it as the girl looks ashamed and goes and continues the class. And afterwards he's like, so she called me over to show me the note of her friend saying, isn't he hot? <laughs> so, but the, the, the older, the oldest Filipino lady decided, you think he's hot? All right. Let me call him over in the middle of the training class. See, see what she thinks. And like, man, at least the ones we encountered, Filipino ladies, when they get to the, be their 30s, 40s, they, they, they're kind of fun. <laughs> well, some in their 20s, I guess, but depends on them. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, look, Colin, uh, you know, when Jamie finally leaves you, you know where to go, um, basically. <laughs> Filipino Cultural Center. <laughs> you go down to Little Manila. Uh, you'll be set. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Go, go, Colin. I didn't realize you were such a, a, a chick magnet. Um, <laughs> With a certain demographic, apparently. <laughs> well, why not? Um, I mean, I, I, I notice when I'm on these dating apps now that I definitely get a certain type of people liking me. Um, not really I'm into, but good for them. 
Um, <laughs> so they're 19. Right? Yeah, they're actually they're actually 18 and all over. Um, oh. <laughs> Ew, oh, grandma. Come on. If this was six months ago, maybe. Like, no, come on, 18. God, what am I into? Like old people? Like this is this is disgusting. <laughs> but um, you, you talk about touching. We're really on a tangent here in the Matrix. But um, <laughs> there's all the panties in this. It's just, we gotta well, have something to talk about. One more racy one, and this will this will get Colin's knickers in a knot. Um, I did uh, when I was at Edge Radio. We had a thing come to town. It's called Sexpo. It's basically like a comic con for sex, essentially. Um, Colin's already like, oh, don't talk about it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. La, um, la, la, so la, la, la. It's it's you would hate it. It's very confronting. Even someone like me who doesn't get freaked out by this sort of stuff. When I walk in and there's a giant like poster of a vagina, like. Uh, okay, I'm in Sexpo. This is interesting. <laughs> so, like, I'm there and you, you're interviewing everybody. It's kind of interesting. Like, I interviewed famous porn stars and I interviewed the guy who paints pictures with his penis. So, like, I'm literally <laughs> standing there interviewing a guy who's, like, painting something with his dick. So, sure, that happened. But, like, the ones that were, like, the weirdest ones for me was, like, I go, I'm interviewing these, like, um, I, don't, I don't know who they were at the time, but they were, like, these, they were some performance group, right? There was these three women. Very attractive women, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're there very scantily clad. It's sexpo. Of course it is. So I'm there interviewing, blah, blah, blah. They're very touchy-feely. They're very all like, oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, mm, okay. And then like <laughs> five minutes later, they're like, they're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go. We're going to go perform. Like, okay, cool. So they're like, oh, come up. Come up to the front. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm at the front front of the thing. People are gathering around. Everyone's getting excited. Sweet. What's, what am I going to watch? Within three seconds, they're naked. And within three seconds, they're in various positions doing a variety of things right in front of me. And I'm just like, okay. Um, and, then, and then they had this like whole section like hosted by this MC. And I had the MC on the show, on my show live in the studio that morning. Um, and I think she was like a, I don't know who she was, but she'd like, pose in penthouse and whatever, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. She literally, like, at one point in the middle of, like, OMCing, removes a shirt, standing there with the boobs out, sees me in the crowd and is like, oh, there's Ben from Edge Radio. Hi, Ben. <laughs> I'm just like, hello. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if this is the greatest thing to happen to me or just the most <laughs> awkward thing to ever happen to me. I'm like, women with boobs right there in front of me. Wait. Hello. So I, I get the immigrants being married off and the older horny Filipino ladies and you get porn stars. <laughs> Which one of us is the chick magnet? But the, 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 the most awkward, I don't know if it's awkward or funny. I think it made one of the best I was one year because I actually hosted, uh, well, funnily enough, I don't know if you knew this, I hosted like a sex radio show for a while yeah. on Edge Radio. Um, oh, I'm a fan. I'm sure you listened to it. Uh, I'm sure you loved our uh, episode we did on anal sex. That was your favourite. Um, <laughs> but. <Pegging. laughs> Yay, Colin learned. Good job. Well done. Um, but I, uh, the very, she's a very famous porn star now. She's like maybe the biggest porn star in the world. Angela White is her name. She's Australian. And she was there. And I legitimately, and this sounds creepy, but like I, I gladly admit I watch porn. Who cares? I'm a man. I'm a man. I watch porn. Colin, not a man, doesn't watch porn. <laughs> Still like, a boy. I, I'm just a real, I'm a real boy. Um, <laughs> But I I remember, like, where she started on this certain website in Australia and then, like, has blossomed into this very big porn star. So I, I was interviewing her and I basically said something along the lines of, like, oh, like, I've, I've been a fan of yours. I remember when you were on this website, blah, blah, blah. She literally, like, deadpan chairs me and goes, oh, so you've been watching my boobies for quite some time then, haven't you? And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> 
it's just like okay um moving on fun times <laughs> one of these days you got to start pouring oz <laughs> oh, I would. like I, I still i still am down for um recapping the the porn that billy garcia's band uh did music for <laughs> yeah. I, I'm down for that. I want to get Billy on as we sit here <laughs> yeah. and do live commentary of porn. Oh, yeah, that penis is doing quite well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, we were really trying to uh, come up with a certain rhythm for the up. penis in the scene. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Uh, we do live commentary. I, I, if Colin could join that episode and last oh, three seconds, Jamie would join. <laughs> Jamie's wow. already subscribed and it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the Animatrix. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're up to a good one here. Now, we don't have to talk about porn and anything anymore. Uh, so, Detective Story, this one I actually really like. And yeah, at too. this point, I'd pretty much given up that any of these stories were going to matter. And this one doesn't matter. But it's it's a cool idea for a story. And it, the animation is different. It looks cool. This is the film noir one. Uh, you have a detective who's basically hired to look for Trinity. So, the agents are putting... PIs out there to try to find Trinity, which really doesn't make sense. Like Ray, a regular PI who is not plugged into the matrix and can't see or morph into other bodies is going to be more equipped to do this than the agents. I don't understand that. Uh, but uh, they, they, they go through all the different uh, previous uh, PIs that had um, uh, tried to look for Trinity is like, oh, the track record isn't good. One committed suicide. <laughs> one, uh, you know, went crazy. And one, I can't remember the third one was like, uh, so I visit the only one left alive, the crazy one. <laughs> 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 he draws out that line is funny. Uh, and there's a lot of this has to do with Alice in Wonderland. There's the, the Red Queen, which I guess the Red Queen is supposed to be Trinity. Uh, we have more of the computer back and forth. And I love that she asked him to meet her at 8.05. Mm. Trinity is a very precise woman. 8.05 and not a minute before or later. Um, when Trinity does meet him, uh, we get this is one of the cool callbacks to the original movie uh, where they're not just doing the same thing over again, where she's basically sucking the bug out of him. So I, I guess, you know, again, it doesn't really make sense that a PI looking for Trinity is something that the agents would do, but then bugging him makes sense. And I love that instead of sucking out the belly button, they suck it out of his eye, but this guy does not react at all. Like mm-hmm. Neo, you're a bit of a whiny baby. Cause he's like, <laughs> just your belly button. This guy's getting sucked out of his eyeball. And he's like, Whoa, that was fun. He's a man. He <laughs> watches man. porn. This is a porn. This is a porn watcher here. <laughs> Um, he sees some boobs in his day. <laughs> That's why he's, he's so good with his eye. He's seen some stuff. He's, yeah. you know, he's he, watched he was, Angela White. He thought she was doing something else with that suction cup. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> calling into the porn joke. Good job. Uh, but one thing that I don't really get is Trinity just suddenly killing this guy. So, I mean, she obviously knows that he's just looking for her, but. She kills him, but then she says, it's unfortunate because I think you could have made it. Like, she's implying that in talking to this guy, she could have gotten him out of the Matrix, but then she kills him, which we already talked about in the movies. It's kind of weird when they kill anybody because you are still killing an innocent person that is plugged. The same people you're trying to save are the ones that you just kill because, you know, they're shooting at you or whatever. Like, you shouldn't be killing anybody. But she has no reason to kill this guy. And she even says that she suspects that they could have used him. So why did she kill him? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of an unusual ending. I don't know if they really wanted to go for these 
ambiguous endings that are leaving questioning, okay, well, is this right or is it wrong? I don't think they put that much thought into it, but the story itself is very cool. And uh, if I were to ever rewatch the Animatrix, I would probably rewatch this along with the Renaissance ones. I um I have a weird thing that whenever I see these like film noir or kind of like the whole like tropes on like the old school detectives that I just get really like I, I like them. Like I, I feel like I like would Spider-verse. like Spider-Verse. Yeah, like Nicolas Cage, you know, the best <laughs> part about that whole thing. Um and the the actual ripoff of the Tobey Maguire dance scene. Um but yeah, like I, I don't know. I just I love these. Like oh, I was a dingy old day. This dame walked into my <laughs> my uh, office, and I just I automatically tell she was trouble. She looked at me like I don't know. Like I, a movie that I have not watched in years, and I fucking love, and I would love to cover it on this show is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh um, yeah. Like I have not seen that in so long, but I just remember loving it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. This is a weird thing about that. So I, I really like this, and I just kind of got really kind of engrossed in this a little bit. And even like the film noir style, like the black and whiteness, looks really cool. And um, yeah, and Trinity is in as well. Um, literally, Trinity, help! Literally. Um. So and it, even the throwback where they keep referring to Trinity as a man as well. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, cool. I did like that. Um, but. Yeah, like, I don't know why you'd need to leave these certain way at the end, but, I mean, I guess these are all canon, so, I mean, badass Trinity, sure. But, I mean, again, goes into our point Serial about killer. the Wachowskis being ahead of their time when it comes to, like, you know, a woman. Like, no, we don't even need to. <laughs> just She's just a badass character. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. This is up there as one of the, the, the best ones of this. I, I like this. I, I actually am starting to rethink this now. That detective may not be dead. He's probably going to wash up on a beach somewhere and <laughs> take the red pill. <laughs> There's our preview of our 2022 joke on the Oz Network. Remember to subscribe now for more great jokes coming in 2022 about people washing up on a beach. And an update, Tanya Roberts, still dead. Still dead. Uh, but, no, just this in. Uh, th- th- just, just this in. <laughs> Tanya Roberts might be alive. What we um, need to do with that joke is we need to be like, oh, he washed up on a beach somewhere with all that yeah. coarse and rough and irritating <laughs> sand. It was. It gets uh, everywhere. It gets everywhere with Tanya Roberts, who is dead but not dead. Uh, what and other would never date Noah. Have? And would never date Noah, who's also a racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so now let's get to the final segment. Oh, you the told one that me I'm going to uh, <laughs> say tied for the worst. I, I, the world record one is definitely better done than this, but it, this one at least kind of has a point, I think. Does it? Let me. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see when I get to the bottom. Matriculated. I love the. Oh, what a clever title. Matriculated. So this is. I'm just gonna read my notes and then I'll try to understand this. Baby monkey and swimming <laughs> sentinels. Yep. Can they eat monkeys? Castle Grayskull. Reprogram a machine. They're not slaves. Why is she in panties? Machine in Matrix. Monkey had gas pains or something. Is it plugged in? Head stuck in Looney Tunes vortex, ping pong tunnel game, sentinel attack, panties lady captured, machine saves her. Yeah. Remember I said this is one you need substances to be on. I think I need substances (laughs) to understand your notes. (laughs) I I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting that this is supposed to be human. I don't know if they're scouts. Like these are the humans that, that watch out for the machines in the real world. And then they communicate down to Zion or something, but the monkey being there, I don't get because it's not a food source. <laughs> is it either something that, because A, that's a food source for humans, but B, it becomes a food source for the machines because the monkey is plugged into the matrix later on. So the machines could be feeding off of monkeys and not humans. Um, 
the machine follows them there and they're basically saying, can we reprogram this machine? Then they're like, let's give the machines the same choice that we have. Let's plug the machine into the matrix and see what it makes of it. And maybe then it will side with us. Like it's such a dumb idea. Uh, the humans want to give the same free choice to machines, I think. But this goes on forever. Like I, I, I was short money, on isn't it? It must be because I was short on time. Uh, I watched all the other ones back to back. And then I was short. Oh, I don't have time to finish this last one. It's probably gonna be short. Let me try. And like five minutes in, I'm like, no, no, no. I have no clue what's going on. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this later. <laughs> so I rewatched it later on its own. And it still went for, tw- I'm like, oh, there's 20 something minutes left in the movie. Uh, surely with the credits, you know, the, the credits are going to take up half of that. No, the credits only play, this is like a 15 minute long segment. And it is all just over the top animation, some weird trippy drug sequence um, of the machine. You have that thing where it, it's the Looney Tunes. That's all folks. We're stuck in there. There's the, there is the ping pong game. Yes, I understand that. No, these are just weird dream sequence things. Uh, then we have this moment where the monkey walks into a room and then suddenly walks out of the room holding its gut like, oh, 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 diarrhea. Like, and I don't know why that's in there because then they cut to the monkey and it's plugged into the matrix. Like, is that supposed to be the monkey getting unplugged? I don't get it. But this monkey is plugged in the matrix and they can plug machines into the matrix. Like, I, what is the point of this? Uh, everybody dies in the end. There we go. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. terrible. I um so I read the synopsis on on Wikipedia. Uh, the film deals with a group of above ground human rebels who lure hostile machines to their laboratory in order to capture them and insert them into a matrix of their own design. Within this matrix, humans attempt to teach capture machines some of the positive traits of humanity, primarily compassion and empathy. The rebels hope is that once converted of its own violation, a key point discussed in the film, an enlightened machine will design and struggle against the machine controlled totalitarianism which currently dominates the earth. Uh, I just love the oh, fact that the I main character seventy five percent of it. That's I love bad. the fact the main character is called Alexa. So is this just like a um <laughs> is this just a, a a preview for amazon like uh, alexa 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 <laughs> siri um siri siri alexa alexa uh so yeah um yeah i this is the one i completely zoned out on i i really have like literally nothing to add um because i just i didn't i didn't again i didn't know there was a fucking monkey in it that's how little like this is like me not knowing there's a ufo in uh, casino royale <laughs> so um yeah, I've 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 nothing to declare. I have nothing to add. <laughs> oh, can I just uh, say on the nothing to declare thing? Random tangent, but I was going to tear this off. I'm going to tell this on air because I want to brag about this to our listeners from my other show. Did you know that George Lazenby liked a tweet that we were tagged in? <laughs> what? <laughs> so we were tagged on Double Seven in some podcast. Uh, they had done a podcast about uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Don't know why they tagged us in it, but thanks, guys. Uh, and then it, because it popped up when I looked on the notifications, it's like George Lazenby liked a tweet that you were tagged in. So I'm like, does that count? We had a Bond sort of like something. But then I looked at their podcast and they've A, got listeners, and B, they've interviewed John Glenn. So, I mean, you know, they're obviously. Oh, well, did they interview Julian Glover? Probably not. Uh, did they interview Vlad from Die Another Day? Did they interview Nicholas yeah. Susick twice? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there you go. George, slight connection to James Bond. I mean, we do with VJ. Right. I guess he's been with every James Bond, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I've got a, a I'm, I'm six. Well, I'm not six degree of separation. I didn't interview him, but your six one, your Kevin Bacon number to Madonna is one because of Vlad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not proud of that, by the way. Actually, <laughs> mine is one. No, mine is one too. I interviewed Guy Leach recently, and Guy Leach helped train Madonna when she was on tour in Australia. Said she was very, very nice. So, fuck you, Colin. 
Uh, well, I mean, you're, you're only one degree more away with Shirley Manson, too. I'm, I'm my Kevin Bacon number is zero to Shirley Manson. So, um, yeah, with Shirley Manson with Madonna, though, when Shirley Manson with Madonna? I don't know what you're talking about there. Ryan I don't know Fink. what you're talking about either. Um, <laughs> you're, I wasn't listening. you're too busy talking to your wife. You tuned out. Ben was talking about Madonna. I've got a wife. I can talk was, to her, Ben. When Ben starts talking about Madonna, he becomes the living infestation of the Matrix Animatrix short matriculated. You just zone out. <laughs> hey, imagine Madonna in the Animatrix. She'd be good. One of the uh, best film clips to music. You'd like that song, Music. It's got animation in it. You like the song, Music. Come on. Everyone likes the song, Music by Madonna. I, I'd have to hear it again. I, Music I makes the out. people come together. You yeah. know, there's a... Um, hey, I'm Mr. Trying to think DJ, that... put a record on. I want to dance with my baby. Had Ali G you in know, a film clip? No. I I would have been more okay with that if you didn't have to see you do the dance while you were singing. <laughs> That's, I'm not going to get that when the music stops, <laughs> they're never going to stop. They're going to drive me crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I'll man. say this. There's um, what's the song? Beautiful Stranger. That was yep. a decent song. Ray of Light's a decent song. Ray of Light's a great album. You should get into that album. Frozen is one of her best songs. That's on Ray of Light. I think that made my top 100 songs of all time. I want to do a top 100 songs of all time. Do It'll it. be mostly TLC and the Go Go's. I was going to say you did that. How many? I, I like. I, it all says it feels like I'm bagging you out, but I respect the fact that you literally ranked every Go Go song. Well, like, I mean, it it's not minutes. hard. They've they, they've been together for 40 years and released four albums, so <laughs> they don't have that much material. Were they, yeah. were they the My Lips Are Sealed band? Yeah. 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 Our Lips Are and Sealed, you know, the, My Lips Are Sealed. Whatever our Lips Are Sealed, yeah. What do you think of the Hillary band. and Hayley Duff version? Um, did they do a version? They did. Did you know, speaking of Hillary Duff, do you know they're about to do a weird spin-off of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Father starring Hillary Duff and Kim, <laughs> not Kim Cattrall. Is it Kim Cattrall, the one who wasn't Kim in the Kardashian? New Sex City? <laughs> No, one the the Sex and the City woman who wasn't in the new reboot. She's in How I oh, Met Your the Father. Canadian one, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's actually she's from no, that's um Cynthia Nixon. She's from Vancouver. No, can anyway, whatever. The point yeah, she's, is, she's Canadian. Yeah, she she lives and he's from uh, Vancouver Island. Um, yeah, uh, Hillary Duff starring in How I Met Your Father. Kind of weirdly want to watch it now because I want to see Hillary Duff. So has she aged well? I have a feeling I she, she probably has. wouldn't know. Oh, we'll see. I her like sister's not bad. I liked her sister. Haley Duff, she was in uh, Third Watch for an episode. She played yeah. young Yokus. So there you uh, go. Of course she did. That's what I know yeah. her from. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, e- yes, back to the Animatrix. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Literally, if we uh, so, hadn't stayed on topic, we would have done this movie like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, this wasn't released theatrically other than the Osiris short, but uh, as far as revenue goes, 2.7 million copies sold, $68 million this movie made. Uh, as I mentioned, though, this is, I think there are a lot of people like Ben because this is probably the most frequently seen thing you see either in used DVD stores or like a pawn shop or in the bargain bins at Walmart. It, Animatrix, it's just one of these things where there are so many copies out there, but I don't think anybody really owns it or loves it. <laughs> a lot of people probably did sell it because I see this all over the place. Uh, but still, I mean, definitely turned a profit for just a little side project they had to promote the movie. Um, critically, uh, this I don't 100% agree with. Uh, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. That just seems wrong for this movie. Like, I get there's some good stuff here, but the bad kind of outweighs the good as far as I'm concerned. I always, I always knew this was widely praised. Like, I think I remember when it came out that 
particularly after revolutions that, that people were kind of like, Oh, the best thing, matrix thing that was released that year was the animatrix and also the game. Mm. Like they got praise. And I mean, like I, I, this is not something that, as I said, like I'm ever going to rush out and we watch again. It's and but like, I think this probably is more of that thing where it is. If you're into anime, you would be into this. And I also like that this exists because this was pretty ahead of its time. Like, I mean, nowadays you've got so many things like this that exist. Like, I mean, you think of Marvel and the MCU and the the side projects, TV shows. Oh, yeah, like they got the what-ifs and all that. Yeah, and, like, other things have done. I mean, obviously, like, this was... Had Clone Wars, a TV show, come out about this point? Like, this was kind they of... It came out, like, I think the exact same time, yeah. So, like, I mean, this was kind of very... You know, like now we're kind of used to this with franchises doing things like this, but this was advanced at the time. And and the one thing I think I appreciate about this and the Wachowskis and the Matrix is that they didn't really like milk it. Like they kind of, they did this, they did the sequels, they did the video game. There was that online video game for a while, but mm-hmm. that was kind of it. And I think kind of the Matrix fans kind of just appreciate that. They don't go overboard with everything yeah. that they've got. So, yeah, I think that... I, I respect it. And I, I like, yeah, I'm not going to agree with the reviews and the fact that I wouldn't give it 89%, but I can see why it gets it. Because I, I think that if this is being judged by people who are into anime, this is pretty standard fare and this is what they're into. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't, like, this isn't terrible. This isn't, you yeah. know, the emoji movie. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I, and, and again, I think it, we're just not the fan base, I think. So, and that's what I, when I get to my rating in a second, is that I would preface that by saying, like, this isn't my fandom. This isn't what I'm into. So, therefore, my view is not what somebody who's, like a Jamie who's into anime, mm-hmm. is going to be rating this completely differently. But I, I think it's a good, I guess, uh, addition to the Matrix universe. It's not necessary, but it's mm-hmm. good to expand on things a little bit. It's it's fine for what it is. Yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. Um, do you want to pull up a one-star review while I go through plot keywords here? Because I can't do both at the same time. Yes, I right. I would love to do that, Colin. So um, there's only eight one-star keywords. reviews. There you go. Yeah. Plot keywords. We could do neo noir month. Ben would like the neo noir month. Mm. Uh, what else could we talk about if we did neo noir month? Let's see. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> it hasn't come out yet, and it fits a neo noir month. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Red Notice. What is noir about Red Notice? Did you, have you seen Red Notice yet? No. The is Rock, that the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds? Reynolds I've heard, I don't know if it's good or bad because I keep seeing mixed things online for it, whether it's good or bad. I want to see it, though. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind who, of both. Who doesn't like the three leads in that? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, Do you honestly, like I, Ryan I, Reynolds all of a sudden? Because I was listening to something recently and you said you really didn't like Ryan Reynolds. I think it was a Titanic no, one. No, I have. You were like, oh, I don't like, like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'm very, I find him very hit and miss. He's one of these actors who just is a bit too much sometimes. He's too Ryan Reynolds. I kind of find him that way in Red Notice, whereas in Free Guy, I thought he was great. Uh, You know, Deadpool, he's the right type of Ryan Reynolds. Green Lantern, he's not. So it really just depends on the movie with him. Um, I mean, I love The Rock. I love Gal Gadot. I only got about halfway into Red Notice. And I think Ryan Reynolds is just, it's a little too much for me. Um, and there's barely any Gal Gadot, at least the point I'm at in the movie. So I, that's probably the reason I haven't finished it yet. But uh, I would say what most people are saying, it is kind of like, yeah, it's okay. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just sort of in the middle. It's on the list. I'll watch it eventually. I, I'm looking forward to Nudity Month. Uh, um, well, is the there last a Panties jewel. Month? That's what I'm looking for. The Last Jewel, Don't Look Up, Game of Thrones, and The Sopranos. An elf? Ooh, talk- elf is number six for nudity? <laughs> elf? <laughs> what nudity is in here? Maybe? <laughs> Jeez, is I, I want uh, Christmas. Let's talk about progressive there. We could either do 
Black man, Asian woman relationship, black man, Asian woman romance, or black man, Asian woman kiss month. If we did black man, Asian woman kiss month, we only got two movies, the animatrix and the final flight of the Osiris. Is that literally the only time a black man and Asian woman have kissed in a movie? Well, if you've, if you've watched lost, uh, you'll know, uh, of course the famous line where I come from, uh, Korean people don't like black people. So, um, yes, that's a in joke on our lost coverage download now. What is this one doesn't make sense at all. Soul black character dies cliche. Everybody dies in this and they're almost all black. Like wh- who is the sole black character that dies in this? Uh, don't multiple black people die in this? Yeah, that's my point. But they've labeled <laughs> it as sole black character dies. Hmm. Oh, here's I one. say cliche. Sole black character. <laughs> Although, having said that, that is um, on Canadian bacon when they're around the campfire and they've got that whole conversation about like, man, the black person dies in every uh, movie like first. <laughs> like he always dies. Uh, bare butt month. We could be talking Ooh, yeah. about Ben Benedetta. Benedetta. This is a new movie. Benedict Cumberbatch of- is his name. <laughs> well, it says a 17th century nun in Italy suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions, and it's called Ooh. Benedetta. Ooh. This is your movie. This is a nun a having erotic me. dreams. Yes. And it's your name. <laughs> How typical Ben in a sex movie. Oh. <laughs> Also old M. Night Shyamalan's new movie that I want to add to Bad Movie Month, The Green Knight and Titanic. The one good part of Titanic made the list. Good. Uh, anything else interesting on here? No. All right. Uh, one star review. So uh, there are uh, eight. So we have random stories from Matrix Universe. And this is a short one. I don't see any fun watching this. Just a bunch of random stories from Matrix Universe. Some characters makes a cameo for fan service. Other than that, the stories themselves aren't very interesting. They are short and not enough build up to care for them. Well, thanks, Dozer Hagen. Your review is exactly what you say. Dozer? Yeah, Kadoza. Uh, what was oh. that really fun guy we had like the other week? I, I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> this one from Mental Critic says Redundant. That's uh, a long review. I'm not reading all that. This is a short one. Be my friend, 40184. <laughs> oh, this is from Noah. Uh, oh, no, I'm watching a cartoon. When I was a child, I watched cartoons, Bugs Bunny and Drag, stuff like that. You can tell me this stuff is way more intellectual, but I won't believe you. That's literally their review. Um, uh, this one's also watching a different uh, cartoon, Goofy. Uh, weird and boring. The worst piece of crap I have ever seen in my life. Ugh. Uh, and I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> Too many boobies and panties and bums. Colin, you wrote one. Review. Look at this. Yeah. There you go. Good job. Um, yeah, that's 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 all I've got. Yeah. Uh, I want to do something interesting here Ooh. just to pad this episode out. <laughs> I want to rank the segments in here. But oh. before we rank the segments, wow. I want to run through what, uh, and we can include the second Renaissance as one, by the way. Um, but IMDb, uh, this is how it goes best to worst on IMDb Raiders, uh, ra- rankings. So the highest rated is a tie for the second Renaissance part one and the second Renaissance part two, both get an 8.1 on IMDb. The next closest is actually the cat segment beyond a 7.7. That's it's very way too anime generous. though. That's very anime. So yeah. I think like, because if you look at like we, on our Breaking Bad, uh, recap, we recently looked at the, the highest rated TV episodes on IMDb. Because Ozymandias is literally the only thing on IMDb that's a 10 out of 10. And, like, the 9.9s, they're filled with anime episodes. So, mm. yeah. Oh, anime fans. <laughs> uh, the next tie is between The Kid, 
uh, the detective story and the final flight of the Osiris. Those are all at a 7.6. The bottom three in this order go program. That's the, the horse samurai lady uh, punching the guy in the face. 7.4. The second worst is world record at a 7.3. And the worst is matriculated, which we still don't understand at a 7.1. So um, I'll go through my rankings here. I don't know if you um, have thought about this at all, but the second Renaissance is one story. So, I mean, that's my number one. I'd put detective story, probably number two. Uh, I would put the final flight of the Osiris number three. Uh, I'd probably put uh, the beyond one number four, even though it's kind of pointless. The kid number five. Um, I think we got two left, three left. What am I missing? Um, program, program. Yeah, there's yeah. program. Program number six. I would put world record second last and I'd put the matriculated as the very last. Although those are kind of tight for me for the worst. Uh, mine are very similar. One thing else I just want to call, yeah, before I forget, I like the music in this, the score. It's also done by Don oh, Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got Don Davis. That's impressive. Which uh, I wouldn't mind downloading it just to hear it sort of in isolation. Um, yeah, very similar. I'd have the the second Renaissance as one. Uh, then I would have Detective Story 2, Flies of Cyrus 3. Um I would probably have the kid at number four, uh, then probably um, the cat one, so beyond, um, then then world record, then program, then matriculated. <laughs> so we really only have like two spots that are just swapped around. So yeah, yeah, we're the authority. We we Not definitely IMDb. are. That is us. Not I need a friend. Yeah. Uh, IMDB stands for in men do in, bombs. Immatriculated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, idiots men do Ben. Dong. <laughs> dong Ben. Idiot men dong Ben. ben. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> idiot idiot men don't Ben. <laughs> uh, now, uh, now is where I'm curious. Are you going to buy, rent, or bin it? Uh, I'm not buying it. But I don't did, think it's but... <laughs> well. I did. True. Touche. I I don't think it's worthy of a bin though, because like I mean, you know, there's what nine short films and four and a half of them are good, which is half of them. Uh, five. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, to me, maybe f- six of them are watchable. Uh mm-hmm. five and a half of them are watchable. Uh and then the rest are kind of like, eh. So yeah, it's a rent. I I I couldn't bin it. I don't like it's it's not that bad. I mean, I'm never probably going to rewatch it again as I said, but um but like I mean if I, you know, met a somebody like if hot panties girl came to me and said like, "Hey, I'll go get some ice cream with you if you watch the anime." Sure. If if BB was in bed, well, I'll buy you an ice cream if you watch uh if you watch the animatrix, sure. But um and not and men, like if um Hugo Weaving was like Hello, Ben. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Hello, Ben. Clayton Clayton Watson? Want to go and have an ice cream date with me? Fucking watch the animatrix (laughs) of Clayton Watson? Of course I would. Uh, Grant Bowler. Ooh, okay. But, yeah, it's a rent. I I, I couldn't, yeah, rent. It's the obvious one, I think, for me. Yeah, you know, I started this the first half thinking, oh, this is definitely a rent. And then by the second half, I was questioning whether I would bin this. Not that the first half isn't good, but just on the grounds that, like, it's so bad for the last couple stories. Um, but I'd probably go with a rent. It's really, if you break it down, I think that three of these stories are really good. 
uh, maybe three of these stories are just average and three of these stories are really bad. So mm. the average comes out as being it's average. So it's definitely a rent, but it's of the four matrix things we've done. Obviously, I don't think either of us are going to put this any higher than number four. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully resurrections is better. Um, <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> which I guess, I mean, we're, we're days. Well, I mean, at the time we're releasing this, I think you've probably already seen it. Uh, so, we're, you know, Merry Christmas, everyone. This Somebody's is out like it. two days before Christmas. Uh, I'm not seeing it to Boxing Day. So, um, yeah, uh, days away for us. But, yeah, bring it on. And uh, any last minute, quickly, uh, thoughts or opinions on Resurrections? Um, I mean, I'm excited if, if Clayton Watson legitimately is in it. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I, I think I did. I mention this on the Spider Man one the other day that I saw the trailer for this uh, on the big mm. screen for the first time, and it definitely got me more excited. Um, and yeah, but I'm still, I'm just still very, I like, I, I, I don't really like reading reviews now for movies. I mean, I avoided it like before I see them. I should say, um, like I completely avoided obviously everything with No Time to Die. I saw one review for Spider Man No Way Home before I saw it. This is one which I, like, really am desperate to see reviews, but at the same time I'm like, no, I don't, because, like, I remember mm. how bad the Reloaded and Resur- uh, Revolutions got ripped into, and I didn't feel that tainted my opinion, but, like, I don't... Like, if this is, like, the worst thing ever, I don't want to go into it with that knowledge, going, oh, okay, well, that makes me want to see it less, but then also at the same time, I don't want it to have Last Jedi Syndrome where everyone was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, mm. only for it to then go into it and go, okay, that was actually kind of rubbish. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, my, my, I'm just saying this now. My prediction, I think I've said this before, but my prediction is that that Trinity is going to be the real one. Like, they were wrong about Neo the whole time. It's going to be Terminator Dark Fated. And basically this whole time, the first three are going to be completely obsolete because Trinity is actually the one the whole time. Um, that's just my, my hot take of what's going to happen. I don't know if we're talking about predictions, but that's where I'm going with that. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, look, we're here now. It's it's literally like we've talked about being pumped up for No Time to Die, pumped up for Spider-Man. This is that one which I knew was always coming out and I was always just kind of like, oh, okay, sure. And then I always thought it would be like when it comes around, then it will probably hit me a little bit more. I've enjoyed re-watching them. I've enjoyed doing these episodes. Um, but, yeah, I still am just not like completely like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see The Matrix. I'm sort of just like... Yeah, I'll give it a crack. I'm not expecting much. Uh, that's basically why I go into it feeling. I feel like this is a movie that um, they've done a good enough job promoting it that you don't really know what you're going to get. Mm. Uh, and some like The Force Awakens is a perfect example. You know, they promoted that in a way where you've seen enough to get you excited, but they don't give away the story. This isn't one of these things where, I mean, even Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, this isn't spoiling anything, but they do a good job of hiding a lot of, you think you know exactly what you're going to get. Everybody going into this movie thinks, oh, I know what's going to happen, you know, whether they've shown it in a trailer or not. And you really don't. Like, it's kind of clever the way that movie was done. But this one, yeah, like, no clues have been given away. Really, the only thing we know is this idea that Neo still exists inside the Matrix. He remembers what happened, but he thinks it's a dream. So what I'm worried about is that this is going to fall into that category of it's a sequel, but it's actually a remake and a reboot at the same time. That this is going to fall into Force Awakens, Ghostbusters Afterlife territory, where you think that they're going to do something new that's, you know, oh, it's a continuation, but we're actually just using this as a cheap excuse to remake the original movie. The, the thing that has me worried about that is more 
the the last trailer that came out the most recent one which is very well made but it's basically every single shot from resurrections is being played side by side with a shot from the original so it's like okay so are you just remaking the original movie if it ends up being that i'm gonna be insanely disappointed because i want especially knowing that the matrix was so revolutionary and different when it came out I know the Wachowskis have less input on the writing this time. Like this is, I don't even know if it was their, maybe it was their story, but they're not even fully involved in the screenplay. They are collaborating with people to make this movie, but it needs, in order to live up to the matrix and make up for reload and revolutions, it needs to be something where you're like, wow, that is new and that's different. And I never thought they would go there. Let this be a sequel. What I don't care whether it's a sequel that ends the franchise or if this is just the start of a new trilogy, just give something original. And that's the only worry I have going in is that it's not going to be original. Yeah. And I think I did read somewhere where like, it's kind of, has it been confirmed that it's not technically a sequel that it's uh like a, yeah, like kind of a continuous somewhere in there. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean like, the, yeah. It's. I literally don't know how to feel about it. Like it's. Just, it, I'm literally just like, okay, sure, we're here now. We're. we're it's coming. Out. I mean, we could be talking about this uh, and literally going, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, or it just could be, you know, absolutely rubbish. So we're. I mean, yeah. So and we're doing. Do we know if we're doing like a? I think you and Jamie might do a spoiler-free one, and then you and I will come together in the new year to do a spoiler one, or we, we don't necessarily know. Or yeah, I guess it'll depend on timing because we're seeing this. Um the day before Christmas Eve, which might be, Mm. I guess maybe that's today. We're seeing it right now. Uh, But whether or not we'll have time to record anything before you see it, I don't know. But if we do, you know, Jamie and I might do this. We know that this is like Spider-Man No Way Home. We know going in because we know nothing about this movie that we will probably want to do a spoiler review, but uh, we'll have something in the next couple of days. It'll probably spoiler or spoiler free. Those are the only two options. So I don't know. It probably applies to that, but we'll be talking about it in a couple of days. Spoiler, (laughs) a spoiler free and some spoilers, but mostly spoiler free. We will, we won't, or we might. One of those. We haven't decided. We'll make you choose the red episode or the blue blue? episode. (laughs) We will either red pill or blue pill our review. We don't know yet. Yeah. But that's, uh, that'll be coming in a couple of days. So people have a chance to watch the movie and then tell us about how Cypher came back and finally got to be revealed as the one and all was right in the world. And cake orgasms are back. The spoon kid is back. Yeah. Um, you know. Spoon Kid, Kid, and Sati all have oh. a rage orgy. Uh, <laughs> Spoon's really spooning. All of our favorite characters. Train Man is back. Um, yes. He turns out to be the new Agent Smith. Uh, Sean William Scott and Justin Timberlake are retconned into the real... Uh, <laughs> Into the thing, Wanda Sykes is actually in it. Will Ferrell, they're Sarah all Jessica in Parker <laughs> turns out to be the horse, the robo horse. Good for Sarah Jessica Parker. Bring her into the Matrix. I want to see you know, that. So, you're you're gonna love this. It's so funny. Jamie was, uh, I guess, some some post on Facebook which was about the new Sex in the City season, and she hasn't watched it, but she was just sort of scanning through, reading all these comments, and she's like, I I just was rolling my finger, and there's like a thousand comments, and I'd stop randomly, and I read this comment, and one of the ones I stopped on just said Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse. She's like, I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> did um did she watch Sex and? Of course she watched Sex and the City. It's got the word Sex in the she, title. She right? saw the original, yeah. Yeah, I, I I never. Like, it was one of those ones that was, oh, it's on at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Sneakily, I might see some boobs. Like, I mean, 
But it was that was that were old women boobs, so I wasn't really into it as a twelve yeah, exactly. year old. Even though it's funny, they're they're when they made that show, they're probably younger than both of we both of us are right now. But still, at the time, oh, those are old ladies, you know. Yeah, but, but but at the time, like the ones you wanted to see their boobs, you never got to see their boobs, right? Like you only got to see like <laughs> Cynthia Nixon and um, <laughs> Sarah Jessica Kim Cattrall's boobs. I don't even think you saw Sarah Jessica Parker's boobs, did you? I think you only hers and um the the dark haired woman, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. um. Uh, she was the one I wanted to see. The, the attractive one. <laughs> the attractive one. Exactly. You never saw hers. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover Sex in the City or oh god, or Sex in the City, whatever it's called. I mean, it's probably a good show. Before. Like, I mean, I like Desperate Housewives. I shouldn't judge. Like, it's got <laughs> sex in it. Like, in a New York City, what what's not to like? But um, yeah, I'd rather do Desperate Housewives. And I think again, I think you would enjoy Desperate Housewives more than you think you would. Well, hey, that that's one of the the projects we had in the works. A season of your show, a season of my show. Um, yeah. We'll get to that in the new year. New year is coming. So we also have one more episode, I think. Uh, as long as in a couple hours, Rossi actually shows up Rocky. on time for an episode. Rocky. And doesn't uh, message me a day later saying, oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, but uh, we How might have the final. very Rocky of Rocky. <laughs> well, we're hoping to have the final home improvement Christmas special, not the final, the final for this year, fourth season home improvement Christmas episode. Uh, and then I guess uh, the last thing will be our best of at the end of the year, which um, we're starting to assemble now. And all those hilarious things we said here in the Animatrix episode, you're sure to hear again in a couple of days. It's uh, it's always a fun thing putting together a best of. And I think, um, you know, the way we do it now is that like back, back in the day, um, I think like I would maybe mark a few things down and then just revisit it. And then I would like say to Colin, like, what were some episodes we said some funny things? So like, I feel like in our first few years, we probably missed some really funny stuff because we're hilarious, Mm -hmm. of course. Whereas now, the last few years, like if we do an episode and like I automatically think something's funny because I just laugh at ourselves, I mark it down and I I edit it straight away because I don't want to forget it. Um, so, and that's why sometimes they go for a bit longer now, but yeah, I, I mean, I was saying to Colin off air that there are some things that I've written down and, you know, you give them funny names and stuff like that. And I'm literally looking at some of these going like, what the fuck was said there? <laughs> um, so yeah. And uh, just a spoiler thing too, which I'll probably mention this in the episode, but, um, our sister show, The Brink, uh, which is, I guess the parent for all of these shows, this is the show that started it all like sorry world that I got talking on this show um that will have like all of the Oz Network clips mixed with funny clips from 007 Australian Survivor Archives off the podium uh sadly uh not the qualifying lap because that's not funny at all um and yeah so if you want to hear kind of if you just if you if you're um Chris Dixon and you listen to all of our shows then and you want to hear all of them together then listen to the brink but uh anyway yes that will be coming will. soon yes all right, I've never been in a while, joining. actually. So, Chris Dixon? Yeah. I'm sure he's still alive, right? He's not a wash up on a beach somewhere. Yeah, uh, he will. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us for Matrix Month. Uh, enjoy Matrix Resurrections. Enjoy uh, Resurrections. I still can't talk. Why can't I say Matrix Resurrections? Sean Connery <laughs> approves this message. Uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Um, now fuck off and let me be dead in peace. My name is Colin, uh, master of the Uchumada animation technique. And my name is Ben, and, you know, 
I peaked. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)